Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio, among many other things. Without further ado, let's get started. How's it going, Leah? How's your week been since the last time we were out here doing the pod? Well, it's been a really busy week for me with work. Mm-hmm. And so you have done a lot of the kid-related things mm-hmm. with one of your favorite things, I think, all year, right? Favorite? Th- well, okay. Okay. This is our son's second year as a Cub Scout. He is now a Tiger. Yep. And this is Pinewood Derby Week. Mm-hmm. Well, technically it was Pinewood Derby Month or multiple months but well i call this pinewood derby week because we turn it in we vote on the cars and then we have the races and the awards all this week right right so you you built the car pretty much yeah ben ben designed it he Mm -hmm. wanted a minecraft creeper car right and he had a design but yes he can't use power tools right right i mean they argue that you can use hand tools for shaping the car and you can. If you want to lose. It takes a little while. <laughs> um, so I ended up using a jigsaw to rough out the main body. Okay. And sanded it. And uh, used my drill to drill the oh-so-important weight hole. <laughs> <laughs> this Pinewood Derby has an insane amount of rules, though. It is a very upsetting amount of rules. So the what, what's the guy's name? Roper? Uh, the guy Roper. you like on YouTube? The uh, Matt science? Rober. Matt Rober. Rober. Ro- Rober? Yeah. Is it? The science guy? Mark Rober. Mark, Mark, Rober. Mark Rober. There we go. He had a video that I think kind of just kicked the doors right down on, on oh, yes. derby cars. So everybody started copying things that he was doing, like uh, canting the wheels and making it so that it only rides on three wheels. Mm-hmm. Just all kinds Lubricating of stuff. Lubricating the axles and wheels. Even down to the polishing. Point of using, polishing them. Yeah. So this troop bans everything. It was as though they watched the video. Yeah. And decided everything that Mark did was unacceptable. Right. So the only <laughs> thing you can do is place the weight where you want it. And you have to be under five ounces. Right. Right. So I was the one who went to go drop off the car, mm-hmm. and you had worked on it for, I want to say, three days. Three days, yeah. I shaped it, um, weighted it, filled the weight with uh, wood glue, and then capped that off with wood filler, mm-hmm. sanded it, and did another little coat of wood filler, and then sanded it again in the next day, then primed it the second day, <laughs> and just painted the crap out of it. A lot of paint. Right. Um but one of the things I forgot to do was do the final way because I was under, I was like 4.7 ounces right. before I painted and before I laid down like one of the layers of uh, the wood filler. So I figured I was fine. I had plenty sure. of space. Except for you called me on the drop off day. Right. Panicked. Because I was at work and drop off day happens to be ham nation day. Oh, yes. So there was nothing I could really do other than like leave work to drill a couple holes in the bottom of it to lighten it up. <laughs> you told me to stop what I was doing, didn't matter what I was doing, and go weigh the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and did. so I weighed the car and it was 4.99 mm-hmm. 
to five ounces. Like bouncing back. And yes. Forth. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. But I didn't tell you that at first. When I call uh, when I called you back to tell you the weight. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I went to go drop it off. Yeah, yeah you, you told, told me, me the weight of the kitchen scale. You told me to weigh it again on their official scale, which right. is at the drop off location. Mm-hmm. And when I called you back, I said, "Oh my god, it's over." <laughs> and you, I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "It was." Uh, 5.02 ounces. It was two ounces. Uh, you know, it was 0.02 ounces over. 207 ounce, yeah. And you said, okay, I'm going to leave work. I'll come home right now. You, what are you talking about? You're going to come home for a final derby car? Guys, I know you're doing important things. I have to go. There's a Pinewood Derby car that needs me. I must, I must leave. But what actually irritated me about that is I can also use a drill. You could have just told me to take the car home mm-hmm. and drill out the hole. But instead, mm-hmm. you were going to come all the way home. The, the problem is where I would want you to put the holes is really, really close to where the pocket of lead shot is. Mm. And you can't tell where it is because I covered it in wood right. filler and you hit it, it just in case the wood the lead weight was also against the rules yeah i'm which using some illegal weighting system i know that it is not against the rules because last year uh one of our very close families family friend group people mm-hmm. um her daughter is also in the same pack mm-hmm. a year ahead of ben right and when they did their Pinewood Derby car last year. It was um, Helen, who's my friend. Right. She was the one who made the Pinewood Derby car with uh, with her daughter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. But she has very little skills in terms of woodworking. Mm-hmm. So she just glued the weight. <laughs> yeah, it was an egg-shaped <laughs> weight just like right on top of it. I was like, ah, that's a way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Not winning any style points. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I know the weights are okay. Yeah. Anyways, it did end up being right at five so on, on the official scale. I'm interested to see how it goes. I will post pictures of it on Instagram when I get it back. I did post yes. the uh, the first couple of shots, just bare wood of it. But yeah, it, we'll see how it goes. You know, it's like... It, Why doesn't Rain Gutter Regatta get the amount of love that Pinewood Derby does? Because kids pass out. <laughs> from blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I had to like sit down. I had, like, <laughs> I had like three back-to-back matches. Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm like, I have to sit down now. Yeah. Rangata Regatta is not like... We haven't even done one because yeah, the scheduled cool. Rangata Regatta fell in pandemic times for yeah. Ben's first year yeah it's it's all right there's all like right. that arrow car one that's the other one too they do but that's yeah pinewood derby where it's at because that's where you know dads and stuff can get involved like messing with the physics of the whole thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pretty uh pretty interesting I'm, I'm curious to see how we do this year well we, good luck to you josh we, <laughs> and ben <laughs> we won our den last year yes we didn't win the pack but uh right i don't even know where we placed on the pack lineup I oh think i don't we, know i think we ran but I don't know. I don't think we were in the top three. 
We weren't. So no. curious to see how it ends up this year. Yeah. So yeah, you can't even use graphite. I, I think there's people that are like, they're doping, I think there are people who are cheating. Graphite. How do how do you know how how, how would does, they know how, do they, how are they gonna know how would they know if you polish the axles? I don't know. Impossible. Impossible. But Scout's honor, mm-hmm. right? Can't even sand the wheels. That and was illegal too. Sanding the wheels. I'm like, geez. And we didn't do those. I didn't do anything because that is not how you teach your Scout honor. That's right. So. Well, thanks for coming out to the Ham Radio Crash Course. I swear we talked about ham radios. We do. <laughs> <laughs> we really do. Uh, so this, what we like to do in kicking off the Ham Radio Crash Course is have a little thing we call the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And today, I don't really remember what I was going to do for the Ham Radio Minute. Wow. Oddly enough. But why don't we talk about what we're drinking first and then maybe you can remember it yeah because i wrote it down but i didn't put it in my note i actually used a piece of paper piece of paper, a paper. instead of putting it in the show notes how like analog for you yeah so that's fun i love that for you yeah that's great <laughs> well let's talk about what we're drinking we're drinking the back patio back patio cellars sangiovese and there's a story behind this so leah why don't you kind of describe what's going on here so Russ, HRCC member who mm-hmm. uh, sent us the wonderful Vermont goodies, which Russ, I have to tell you, if I didn't tell you before, mm-hmm. the pancake mix that you sent us, Russ sent us Vermont maple syrup, uh, pancake mix, buttermilk pancake mix. And the sugar candy. And maple sugar candy. And that pancake mix is the best pancake mix I have ever had. Wow. Uh, the way that they fluffed up the flavor. Mm-hmm. It, for it to just be, I think it was just add water. You didn't even have to add eggs or anything. Mm-hmm. It was very impressive. Mm. So uh, Russ mentioned that he had a cousin in California okay. who owns a winery. It's called Back Patio Cellars. So I immediately ordered a couple of bottles. Okay. And the funny thing is, they... The winery is out of Paso Robles, but I guess uh, Russ's cousins actually live in Ventura, which, which is, is not far. Not far not from far. Pa- right. Paso Robles at all. Russ's cousin's wife <laughs> drove it here. Just, <laughs> it's a just it's, on a whim. It's a four-hour drive. Yeah, I just think. as as one does. Yeah, it's a, no, no. It's a three-hour, yeah, less about, than three hour, maybe two and a half. Yeah, yeah. But she said Depending she just really needed to get out of the house. <laughs> That's crazy. She was, she's COVID cooped up. Okay. So, so we, uh, we really love Sangiovese. Paso Robles is a great area to get uh, them yes, from. Yes, very good. This is a 2006. It would Wait, be. Wait, 2006? Oh, it's 2016. Okay. Sorry. Uh, and I would say that this would be a fantastic Sangiovese to age. I think so. It looks a little young in, in looking at it. Um, you can sometimes tell if you like tilt your glass over a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of uh, see-through action going on. Also, it's got a fairly, to me, mono flavor profile. A mm-hmm. lot of cranberry. Screens oh, cranberry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, t- very tart. Very tart, very cranberry. But you can tell by the flavor profile mm-hmm. it is now that mm-hmm. it will age really beautifully. So mm-hmm. I think we made a mistake by opening it now. Well, you never know, right? right. I mean, that's sometimes the deal with wines is if you... You, you could get a bottle that has a lot of potential. 
Right. And so that's why usually some will say uh, you, you buy a couple bottles and then you like put one away or whatever if they can. Ever no, people buy if they if they like a specific oh, yeah, like winery, a case, they buy yeah. a case or mm-hmm. two. Yeah. And then they wait and every year they will open one and then they will start at the point that it starts tasting good. Mm-hmm. They will drink more than the single bottle. Right. They'll do a they'll do a vertical tasting. Right. Kind of. Is, well, no, no a vertical, vertical would be all the uh, same. All the same, different year. Yeah. E- same varietal of every different year. Then right when it tastes like maybe it's too far, then they've got to slam the whole case. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get this done. It's a big weekend, guys. So yeah, it, it's it's good. It's drinkable. Um, it does. And, and for 2016, it still feels like there can be some more years put on it. So consider yeah. that. Good stuff, though. And I So think, thank you for the recommendation, yeah. Russ. And I like that it's a, a local place, at least local to us. Uh, Paso Robles is a great, a great vineyard around here. So we like going out there. So for the Ham Radio Minute to get back into that. So this week is toroid talk. Toroid. Toroid, depending toroid. on where you're from. Toroid is what I like to toroid. say. Toroid. Toroid. Toroids, and, and I will add ferrites to the mix as well. See what those that know, that was a joke. To- particularly we're talking and ferrites? About, yeah, particularly we're talking about the toroids and ferrites that you might use for your amateur radio. It's very confusing for me because all I'm mm-hmm. seeing right now in my head is a very buff toe. <laughs> Just- <laughs> it's a roided out toe. Yes. <laughs> What is a toroid? A toroid. A toroid <laughs> is a epoxy mixture of iron filings, basically iron, iron oxide that is made into like a donut shape. And depending on the mixture, it's iron plus other materials that I don't remember off the top of my head, but the mixtures have certain numbers associated with them. So for amateur radio, particularly for HF, we use mix 34. As okay. It's so the argument or the not an argument but the tip for today is try to have like a, a toroid around um in case you're setting up a new station or you're going portable and you all of a sudden you plug your laptop in and boom you get a ton of rf noise coming into your radio this would be a perfect time that you deploy your field mm-hmm. expedient because you think it's coming from a toe that's right <laughs> and you wrap you try both sides, actually, the charger, the AC side or the DC side of the charger, wrap that thing up around the toroid, put as many loops through the wire as you can and get it as close as possible to that convert that transformer box, right? That's just one of the examples of, of what you can do with a toroid. Toroids are valuable. Are they very heavy? Not necessarily. They can be. Um, they are iron oxide to a large degree. So yeah, they can be heavy. In your home station, I put toroids on the feed line my power line and i put ferrites and sometimes toroids on very noisy electronics in and around the home is that why all of my laptop chargers have these weird donuts like <laughs> on them like who this is my so charger heavy. got a hemorrhoid donut what is this all about because <laughs> they could be very big in some cases and the ones i use are definitely big because i want to choke out all that rf as possible so i i would recommend particularly people that are like me that live in the suburbs have neighbors you know, all that fun stuff where there's just RFI all around you. When in doubt, I like to say, when in doubt, choke it out. When just in doubt, choke it out. Put, put the toroids on there and just knock down all that RF. So that's the Ham Radio Minute. And, and uh, go to Palomar Engineers. I'm not affiliated with them, 
but we do have a code. It's all capitals, HRCC73, and you get 10% off your order. And they sell a ton of stuff. They sell balans and ununs and toroids and all kinds of cool stuff. All kinds of great things that you'd use in your ham shack for your antennas and for making your life playing radio a lot easier and a lot more fun. Do you remember that time that we were in a place where you had zero noise? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's like a dream. I wake up sometime <laughs> thinking I'm there. It's crazy <laughs> that I'm in my beautiful tent. You're, you're a tent that doesn't actually keep and you dry I'm, if you make the mistake of accidentally touching a wall. And then I'm, I'm just waking up to this cool, brisk morning air, and I'm like, it's going to be a good day playing radio. Because <laughs> it's just so quiet out here. And it was. It was beautiful. It was amazing. That was uh, the Westerby Ranch yeah, in Ramona, California. That was last month. Man, that was awesome. So yeah, thanks for... Thanks again for being on the show. And, and we want to remind everybody to join the conversation by leaving a review on iTunes for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. Now, we, we use iTunes. We read the reviews here on the show. But, you know, you can just drop a five-star review if you like what you're hearing. If you leave a review, we'll read it on the show. But if you, if you happen to pod in other places and you drop a review over there too, that's just as good. A hearty thank you from Lay yes. and I to you. We thank you for doing that. So basically what we do at this point is we read the reviews and we have one this week. And I want to say thank you very much for that review. Thank it's you from for the review. El Mago 318. Love the banter. Replacing my review because I just wanted to post a huge thank you to Leia and the other guy for always being <laughs> so entertaining while still giving me my daily rag chew thoughts. Listening to Leia's practice tests and her finally passing her tech pushed me to take my tech, and I passed last week. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, congrats. Thanks to all the help from HRCC and W8WOT. Who, yes, again, Chris is amazing. www.w8wot.us is the Ham Radio Crash Course online testing site. So if you want to get your license online without having to set anywhere in foot out of anywhere except your bathroom i'm kidding you can take it in your <laughs> home or wherever you're at but um, the bathroom's obviously obviously sometimes the easiest place you can test online with them and they are hrcc admins and they are members of the community and they do a fantastic job so thanks very much chris and all the rest of the ves that are out there doing that and el mago goes on I'm studying for my general now and hoping to take my general before summer, 73, from KN6OHM. Well, good luck. Ohm. So, ohm. ohm. That's great. Good job. Good call sign. Okay. So, Leia, what have we been using this week? Well, this week I actually, and I'll talk about this later mm -hmm. when we get into technician life. Mm. Oh, technician life. Okay. Yes. Uh, I finally programmed my radio with Chirp, mm -hmm. and I went to Josh's Cano antennas. Yes, to take a look at which antennas I could use, mm -hmm. and I think I ended up with a Nagoya. Mm -hmm. But what I really wanted was a signal stick. Yes, but you don't have one for the Balfang. <laughs> I do not. I was told that I should go to your 
ham shack, mm-hmm. turn off the lights to find the glow in the dark signal stick. <laughs> <laughs> now that one is BNC. The connector is BNC type. Oh, really? Because I use that. I use adapters on my handhelds and on my 705. And I use that antenna on both of those radios. I see. Yes. Uh, so we are affiliated with Signal Stick. Signal Stick is actually the company that does hamstudy.org. So all of the hamstudy.org forward slash sessions for the upcoming tests and for actually pretty much charting the course for modern day online testing. What's really amazing Mm -hmm. is if you take the online test Mm -hmm. with the HRCC VE team, Mm -hmm. uh, because the testing platform was developed by the creators of hamstudy.org, it feels exactly like when you're studying on hamstudy.org. Right. And and that's an important note that everything that hamstudy.org does and the software development that's used in the online testing is supported by the antennas they sell at Signal Stuff. Yes. So every antenna... And made they, in America. This ma- is... Literally made they in Utah. Are, mm-hmm. They are putting everything together by literally. hand. I, yeah. It's all handmade, um, made by hams most of the time, and it's a it's a great group. And I think it's really cool that they are providing a free service and they're offsetting the cost with a product that you're purchasing. You're getting something that helps yes. to pay for. So you're like literally supporting something awesome by getting an antenna. So if it's which if, is, if it's not clear, yeah. we want you to buy a signal stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and we and we do have an affiliate link, and that and yeah. that does give us a bit of the money. But too, man, but how how you. can you not support what he's doing? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it, it's definitely a win. It's a win win win. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, exactly because of the great stuff they're doing. So yeah, check that out. The link will be in the uh, podcast description, and also I do have the link for my affiliate code to Signal Stuff on all my videos, pretty much in in my uh, video descriptions as well on the Ham Radio Crash Course YouTube yep. channel. So yeah, so we're trying out a new segment here because you know we're tr- we're trying to tighten things up. Yeah, we're, we're to tightening things. it up. We're tightening it up by making adding... a new segment. Yeah more this is and don't like worry saving. This don't is worry saving to, the- <laughs> you know, spending to save this is my favorite word spaving i use it a lot leia hates it i love it but this is a that's prime really the mantra by which you live your life it is yes absolutely spending to save spaving, spaving. Yeah. <laughs> and the email the the core email correspondence corner is coming it's still coming don't don't, don't worry. worry we didn't yeah. replace it but we have started a a preparedness corner. Sure. Actually, as we're heading into the summer, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I, I discussed the garden last week. Yes. And starting seeds to... <laughs> the Leia's victory garden. Yes, my victory yes. garden. But you know, that ends up leading to... If, How do you if fruitful, the garden? No, no, no. How do you protect the garden? If fruitful, it moves into canning and it moves into other preparedness mm-hmm. areas. And actually, that's... That's another thing we kind of spend our time on, mm-hmm. you know, and w- really everybody should be prepared, right? Yeah, and, and it's preparedness isn't like it's time to start considering all the crazy things that can happen and put on the tinfoil hats and stuff like that. I, I think there there are plenty of dark places that you can go when you. Oh, start I'm definitely a little bit tinfoil hat. No, just I, trying to hedge against what is uh, 
potentially the crash of the dollar. Right. And I'm not I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah. But I'm saying it doesn't have to be like panic time all the time. Right. You don't have to be the person that people in your friends group are like, oh, he's waiting for Mount St. Helens to explode or, you know, a myriad of other well, things. You prepare you don't so you don't guy, have to panic, right? Right. You prepare so that you're comfortable. So we always consider it, but I consider it very every day. It's it's a nor- we've normalized the concept in our home. It's just something you do, you're prepared, and it's something that we just roll into our lives. And it becomes really simple at that point. I think you spend more time thinking about it than actually just doing it a lot of times. Yeah. So, you know, case in point. But the preparedness corner this week is I want to talk about self-defense items. Ooh. Okay. So what do you consider important self-defense items to either carry out in the world mm-hmm. or or have at home? Guns. Okay. That was fast. That was yeah. a great segment. Thank okay. you for that. That was awesome. <laughs> N- no, I mean, it, it, it of course depends. Realistically, one of the reasons why firearms comes up a lot is because you don't have to be a big person. Um, you don't have to be... A, a, a martial expert, arts expert a martial arts expert <laughs> and and i know i piss a lot of people off when i say this i don't think that everyone needs to be exquisitely trained with a firearm to be able to necessarily deploy one to defend their lives uh, people need to have of course they do i'm not saying yeah. don't get trained hear what i'm saying right there's a difference between like you don't have to be a expert marksman or run through multiple combative training, um, dealing with all kinds of stuff. I'm not saying don't do that. But what I am saying is that in a lot of cases, I would rather have a a female, for for instance, have a firearm and know how to use like it. Like me? Right. Then like, <laughs> here is a fixed blade knife. Go to work. Sure. Because you can be overpowered. You have to get within close range um, if you're allowed that privilege of not having to be close range with a knife versus if you have a firearm there's many more options available to you so this week i was actually shopping for a A, a hear me out no 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 (laughs) because i don't have my ccw but i want something i can carry with me on my person or in my purse and i like the idea of a taser okay I like the idea of mace, but I really don't want all of these things rattling around. Okay. So I looked for a combination <laughs> where it, so it's basically you would, a party popper. You would pull out. You fire this thing off and shoots the prongs and then sprays pepper spray everywhere. Are we allowed taser guns in California? I don't yeah. think so. we are. Mm-hmm. They have a civilian version of it. Oh. Well, I've got then I also that, then I on. also cannot carry a firearm at the same time as the taser. I, the taser I don't know gun. that that's necessarily true. Why don't you just keep going down this road <laughs> that you're already on? So I'm looking for something where the the mace would be the long range <laughs> side. Neither and then, one of those things are long range. And then range. you would you're sniping with pepper no, spray. No, no, no. I saying? mean, like from a distance, right? And then if the person from got close, if the person got close enough for some Taze. some some reason mm-hmm. is immune to mace, just a, a monster of a you a fuerza of a person. You have uh, quite a story that you've cooked. Yeah. In your brain. Okay. <laughs> Well, I I have been watching DC shows like The Flash, and they they came this is through the, with exactly what you want to train 
for self-defense on okay <laughs> forest has very a very big uh, is it a female uh, anyways it doesn't matter <laughs> what are you very, talking about it's an almost hulk like character okay but so for some reason fuerza totally immune to pepper spray mm-hmm. so the attacker keeps advancing right then you can tase them Okay. All, all with the same device in your hand need, instead of having to get two different devices out. We need to break this down. Okay. So what is a taser to you, first of all? It's something that will shock somebody and incapacitate them. So you take this thing that you're holding and you yeah, shove it into shove somebody's it in body and yes. you squeeze the yes. trigger. That's not a taser. What? What is that? A that's taser, a stun gun. That's a stun gun. Oh. A taser is actually a uh, device under pneumatic pressure pressurized air fires okay. out two prongs connected yeah. to wires uh-huh. and that when uh connected to a person incapacitates them at least ideally in, in very good situations it incapacitates them with an electrical charge that actually disrupts the connection to their brain you don't know even better i want one of those instead of the stun gun so these are all <laughs> great things by the way the taser i don't know if you knew this it's an acronym oh. thomas a swift's electric rifle Oh. It's based off of these old serials uh, in the past that they that the the company that makes the taser took and then used it. In, electric in their, bullets is in, what you're electric saying. Electric bullets. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the problem with the taser, though. Tasers generally work on cartridges that you have to replace because once you've expelled the wires and you've either successfully tased someone or failed, you've got this thing hanging out with wires attached to it. Right? They don't disconnect themselves. Okay. And generally, they only are good for like one or two shots. At least okay. the civilian models of them are. And they have a, a... So if I have two attackers, you're saying it's not going to be any good. Well, even if you have one attacker and they have like a heavy jacket on, a taser might not work. Oh. You have to shoot them right in the face. Oh. Or some piece of bare skin or something like that. Or, you know, hopefully you find a weak spot to get through. So tasers what about are a stun situational. Gun? So stun guns do not work with the same principle. They just hurt. They just hurt bad. And so it just makes someone want to get like away from getting hurt. It doesn't incapacitate them. It doesn't knock them out. So what what are you saying here? Which one should I get? Pretty much neither. Like, oh, no. I mean, so a taser's fine. But again, that's something that you do have to train with. In fact, I would argue that going back to the good old firearm, you have multiple shots with a firearm. They don't have, because remember, you have to but have- But I two- can't carry a gun in my purse right now. I don't have a CCW some have argued that the second amendment is your ccw i've seen this argument um, you might have heard this before but hear me out tasers again they were much like an electrical circuit they require positive and negative leads to go into the thing okay and the further you are away the more chance you'll get an errant flyby with one of them and then renders the whole thing i see so it stops so what you're saying is i need a pepper spray on one side and a knife on the other or you could just have a, a good can of pepper spray and a, and a good knife. Or, you know, like why, if you're walking. Why, why can't it be both? Why does and it then need maybe, to be both? What is it? Because I only want to pull out one thing. You don't have a purse, so you don't understand how hard it is to fiddle through a purse. We're obviously going to have to set a time limit on this segment because I can keep going and going and going. <laughs> you, want, you want the best tool for the job, and there is no good pepper spray knife combo. Like what about a all, pepper spray hear knife? Me hear me out. Flashlight and alarm sound. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> and rapey whistle thing. That's what I mean. It's the alarm sound know, where you I disconnect know, it, I know it and it's yeah. 
The problem is, is that all of those things have just if you blow in into them. the pepper spray on accident. On the whistle. Oh, the rib it's whistle. Not a whistle. It's a, okay. Okay. That's not what I'm talking about. The problem is that like COC spray has like a canister of compressed air. Wrapping okay. a knife around that is not really ergonomic to be a knife. The handle okay. is the wrong size, particularly for like a woman's hand, right? Okay. Depending on how okay. it's made and all that stuff. Plus, they are um, they are depreciable products. You're going to deplete the inside. So it's of really just spray. a holder where one side is a knife all and the other one. <laughs> no, these are all bad. Have a good knife that... See, because there's a certain value of having the pepper spray in one hand and the knife or a stick in the other hand. Right? So you can dual wield. Right. You don't want to be like, well, if I spray you like this, but then I do this cool flippy hand thing, <laughs> then I get a knife. It's like, well, okay. Also, I That's envision of... this being a butterfly knife. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a lot of fine motor control where you're like, well, if I do this and I push this little button, a knife comes out. And you're like, well, what if it's just a a dumb fixed blade knife that you have that's like appropriately leashed um, and tethered to the inside of your purse, for instance, right? Like that's of more immediate value to me than having a all-in-one, you know, if you ask Alton Brown, I don't think that he would say like, yes, take the, take the, the, the Frankenstein's monster of <laughs> flashy light thing, pepper spray thing and, and knife thing, right? Out into the field to save you. The flashlight is to blind them. These yeah. are all things that you have seen in the media. You're being you're being twisted by the media right now. So your final answer is pepper spray and Done. a knife separately. Yeah, separate things. These can all be okay. separate things. It sounds crazy, uh, but although all of that stuff requires training, it really does. Uh, I do think at the end of the day, a lot of times, so the firearm is going to be the best option. For the many people that are outside of California that can, that can all right, that's so helpful to me inside California. Thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. We can work on that later. <laughs> Off the recorded podcast. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? You tell us. Did you? Did you enjoy? Yeah. Tell us what you thought of of Leia's uh, preparedness corner, and we'll we'll take it in different directions next week, depending yes. on on the emails that we get in Leia's correspondence tower correspondence tower that's, that's right. right well this is where leo and and i if asked ham radio questions we'll we'll try and answer your emails we'll, we'll of course say your emails and then try and answer them otherwise that would be just weird but you can email <laughs> no context no just context answer. we just answers uh john no john no john <laughs> john no <laughs> Uh, you can email Leia at Leia at hamtactical.com. And we also take your merch ideas. And if we make merch off of your merch ideas, we'll send you one for free. So thanks so much for all the things you do, the podcast reviews, the emails, the merch ideas, all that stuff. We we thank you so much for listening. It's a very fun, yeah. fun conversation. We, we appreciate we're branching out from, from Ham Radio every day when we sit down to do this, but we still enjoy the heck out of it. And we do thank you all for listening. I so, mean, we, we do like to describe it as loosely related to Ham Radio. Ham Radio adjacent. <laughs> yes. Ham Radio adjacent. This uh, first email is actually from John. <laughs> John, no. <laughs> the next email is from a different John. So which, I don't know which John you're answering. Don't know. The, uh, the email's titled, T-shirt idea. Okay. 
John says, my condolences for living in California. My wife was born and raised in Santa Monica, and I lived there for 25 years after I got out of the Seabees. What are the Seabees? Don't know. We escaped in 2009 and never looked back. Like a lot of other guys, your videos convinced me to go for my license. So I got my tech license last year. Well, congratulations on. on that. I purchased the Yesu FT60, like Josh, mm-hmm. like it, and purchased an ICOM 2300H for the truck. Nothing fancy. They got the job done. I have an idea for a t-shirt. Okay. On the front of the shirt, when the defecation hits the oscillation, ham radios will save your bacon. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. I see what you did there. On the back of the shirt, a picture of Porky Pig or similar pig holding up an HT or a mic saying, 73, folks. These will fly off the shelves if done right. I promise. Take the care. The virtual shelves. John, K-O-4-K-F-C. <laughs> so I thought he meant like out of a physical location, but the CBs are the United States Naval Construction Battalions, better known as the oh, Navy CBs. I had not heard of that before. So if that's what he meant, thank you for your service. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for your idea. So interestingly, Mm -hmm. I was talking to somebody in the HRCC Facebook group Mm -hmm. who had mentioned that his wife was based off out of San Clemente Island. Oh, and that was a deep dive that we took on the drive home from San Diego. Yeah. When we were coming back from the farm stay, we saw the San Clemente Island um, off you know, right off the shore. Mm-hmm. And we were debating, is that Catalina? But it turns out that San Clemente Island is the southernmost island. Right. And so I just of researched. the Channel Islands. Yes. It's the southernmost Channel Island. Fun fact, did you know that the Cha- UC Channel Islands or CSU Channel Islands, not actually located on the Channel Islands. It merely, it's on the mainland and just has a view of some of the islands. <laughs> It's so, the only place you're illegally allowed to look at the islands in yeah. California. <laughs> so San Clemente Island, it turns out it's owned by the U.S. Navy, and right. it's where they do SEALs training. Yes. And I, I read through all of these articles. You know, it's overrun with goats, overrun with foxes, mm-hmm. but it also has a lot of sharks. And they make the SEALs go swimming at night where they can't see what's in the water, and waters they know have the sharks in them. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. The seals, the mental fortitude. Yeah, they're just constantly messing with them all the time to see if they'll just drop out or wash out. That's the that's their their hell island. To hell it's their island. it's their last stop before officially becoming seals. I think so. That's where they go to buds training. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. So interesting. Hey, you know, if anybody has some more stories about San Clemente Island and you're listening, I really would like to hear it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, John, for your email and your t-shirt idea. If we make it, you'll get one. Thank you, John. The next email is also from John, but a different John. It is our dear Skyline correspondent. Oh, good. Yes, (laughs) yes. Must touch base with Skyline Skyline talk. (laughs) This is titled The Skyline Instigator. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hey, Leah and Josh, so glad you enjoyed Skyline. It's so cool to hear your experience of it, and I'm happy to have instigated the journey. However, I believe it was you, not me, that brought up Skyline after reading I was from Cincinnati. 
I that did. is that is likely true. I do stupid things like that. that yes, <laughs> become things people talk about on podcasts. But they're synonymous now. <laughs> well, I, many would argue that Skyline is synonymous with Cincinnati, or at That's least Cincinnati Chili I knew is. About it. I've Skyline. heard there are other brands. There are, but <laughs> you know Skyline what? Is... I'm I'm going to get to that. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Though I will take credit for getting the ball rolling. Much appreciation to the last week's shout out. I believe in credit where credit is due. Honor that you consider Skyline the official ham radio chili. I do. I consider it ham radio chili now. Yeah, I I, I don't have any... I don't have any bad feelings about that. I think it's fantastic. I think it's great. It's, it's international, you know, it's, so it's tasty. Mediterranean roots. Yes, goes great on hot dogs. Which it, we'll, it, we're going to get into. <laughs> one could argue it could go great on many things. It's true. Yeah. It is unfortunate that the price on the canned chili, even here, is ridiculous. But I, too, enjoy homemade cheese conies, three ways, chilitos. And it's worth having it stocked in the home pantry. You know, John, I think you're right. And I am debating, actually, just stocking some Skyline chili in my preps. <laughs> I got multiple Instagram messages from people that are in Cincinnati. They're like, hey, man, if you need some, if you need to get, if you need to stock up on some Skyline, <laughs> let me know. We'll, we'll fill your pantry with Skyline. I remember seeing a case of Skyline chili for sale on Amazon yeah. and thinking, well, I'm not ready to commit to that. <laughs> well, you see what people do when they like a chili they like, they buy one or two cases of them and then they sell them. And then they'll open one up every year, and then they'll get to the point where it's like starting to go bad, and they're like, "We got to eat all this chili." So you just have to store. So you what know. is a, what is a good vintage of, a, of a good vintage chili. for Skyline? Uh, so John has an idea for uh, two other shirts. One, a cartoon hoe scratch, <laughs> a cartoon hoe scratching his head. While deciding between a road and a garden row. <laughs> you will never live this down. That's fine. It's a row. To hey, I've already saw the I already saw the memes where they had literally a device that was hoeing a road. Oh, so you could actually hoe, you a, can road. hoe a road. Yeah. It could be a road to hoe. You're be. like, you know what? That it's just really hard. Imagine yeah. how much harder that is. <laughs> Imagine how much harder that task is. Than a whole row. Than a row. Yeah. A, ro a road? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what kind of hoe do you need for a road? The second t-shirt idea is the text, not, ha not hammers are equal. I guess not all hammers are equal. With a cartoon hammer, pig, and a bow fang, and an Olympic medalist razor with the gold going to the bow fang. And the others getting whatever you deem fit. So it's a the the, the riser, tiered, yeah, yeah, and it's a ham. What do they call that? The pantheon. It's uh, the pedestal. The pet uh, it's got a better name than that. The pantheon. I don't know. <laughs> it's three spots, my guy. <laughs> the pantheon is huge. What do they call that? Anyway, keep going. I'll, I'll remember. Uh, John signs off 71 John aka that skyline guy P.S. It is true that the best way to serve gold star chili is to trash it and make skyline Wow 
See, this is the problem, is now we're going to get battling people. I don't think so. It sounds like everybody is very skyline loyal. You're, you say that, but you're going to get diehards now, just by even saying that. You, see, you don't know how We brought works. up Gold Star you last listen, week. You don't, That's know how to, what... you don't listen to enough podcasts. <laughs> this happened to the Ice Cream Social. They started talking about different states, like states that were better than others. And then people started emailing <gasps> no. in like, these guys over on this state are garbage. And it just turned, and then it would just turn into stories about people from other states that, oh, but God, we're not doing that. We're not, we're not. All doing states that. are great. Yeah, all states are great. Yes. <laughs> we love all states. Thank you, John, for the email. My favorite is insanity. Insanity. <laughs> uh, the next email is titled Snorkel Ham. And this is from David. Greetings, Leah and Josh. Listening to this week's podcast, you're at work. One of your emails was talking about the scuba ham and my diving. This reminded me of my ham friends and myself out snorkeling one day. And we decided to make a funny picture because we're all a part of the Muscogon Counter Skywarn team. Mm-hmm. Thought that I'd have to share this with you guys for a good laugh and i will you know i i will put this picture on my instagram tomorrow Mm -hmm. um in my instagram stories though i'm not sure because i didn't get permission to do that maybe next time let me know if i can post it to instagram stories so everybody can see but it is this group of uh sky worn um guys four of them all were snorkeling Cool hats or snorkeling masks, uh, like and in the water, or they're just they're walking around in front of a boat that is on wheels. <laughs> okay, yes, so they're on, prepared. on ground. They're prepared. Yes, they're preppers. Uh, and the guys pictured are W eight W X M, KC eight PCJ, KC seven NEC, and uh, David, who is was at the time KD eight. OCZ now K eight D D T. We call the pitcher N eight W N J Snorkel Team. <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> Keep up the great work, seventy three David. Thank you so much, David. The thing that people stand on to receive medals is called a podium. A podium. Yeah, that doesn't make sense because you stand to s- a podium is normally in front of you. It's also implies a riser or rised up space. Wouldn't that be a pedestal? A leveled pedestal? Don't know what you want me to say. All right. I think it's incorrect. Thank you for your (laughs) email, David. Cue the emails. John P. follows up. John P., our Skyline guy, writes a follow-up email. Hello again. It occurred to me as I continued listening to this pod drop that both of you are incredibly eloquent and effective at communicating your ideas. Thank you. Thank you, John. I don't hear ums, uhs, and likes as you sculpt this amazing cantilever skyscraper of a tower. Yes, even your correspondence tower can be an architect's nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) This led me to wonder, what books do you both read and what genres do you tend to study when you read to be informed as you are? Man. John, that is really, that is high praise as I know that I often say um and uh Mm -hmm. and like, and Josh definitely says like quite often. (laughs) No, I don't. I say so a lot. So is the thing that I'm trying to train out of my vocabulary. Okay. I mean, we we can do this thing where uh, we put a shocker on you and every time you say like, 
I can hit the you button. You get to shock me? Yes. <laughs> like, you totally said it. I'm like, I didn't. I'm just mad at you. It would just be during the podcast. <laughs> oh, that's even better. I, I, I'll tell you straight up that uh, I don't read a lot of books. I read a lot of the internet. That is like what I read. I've always read Well, you do audio books a lot. Well, he said read, though, specifically. So I took that to mean. Mm-hmm. I know people draw a distinction there. I do love audiobooks. Love, love audiobooks. Because I'm always doing something. I never sit down long enough to read a book. And I'm so fidgety that I can't really read a book. It takes me too long. I just start thinking about other things. And immediately then I'm up and I'm already doing something else. How did I get rid of ums and all that stuff? I have been on YouTube since 2006. That's true. Editing every video that I've ever done. Painfully removing ums. <laughs> Trust me. You want to know the fastest way. Just like how to get your wife licensed is you start a podcast. So the fastest way to get rid of ums from your <laughs> vocabulary is you start doing YouTube videos. And you edit your own videos. And then you cut the ums out. And you go, there has to be a better way. And the better way is you stop doing the ums. You know, you consciously beat it out of yourself. I don't think the fastest way the to me getting licensed <laughs> was the podcast. The first thing you do, start a podcast. No, I really, it, it's it's literally just from trial and error and l- just doing it over and over and over again and reminding yourself that you you got to drop the ums, you got to drop this, you got to drop that. And I, I will say I have benefited from this in my work life. When I go brief slides, as often comes up, people will tell me, it's like, oh, you did a really good job with those slides, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking to myself, I did horribly because I'll have like pauses and I'll stumble a little bit. But what they're hearing is that I never say um or Interesting. these filler words. Mm-hmm. And because I don't do that, it immediately makes people think it's more polished and the information is somehow more valuable valuable than than not so it has it has super value it really does if you want to convey a point to people and make them think that you know what you're talking about getting rid of the ums is actually a really good thing to do because it implies that you're not thinking about it it's just naturally coming out as you're talking you're just such an expert no i'm again (laughs) you know they say that ten thousand hour thing to become an expert at something you have to do something for like ten thousand hours I don't think I've hit the 10,000 hour point, but I don't really know. 10,000 hours is peak mastery. Sure. It's way less than that to to get competent. Right. right. I'm surely in the competency space because I've done it for so long. It's just pure force of will. Like really, it's just you get tired of doing all these ums. And so you try to just work them out, just get them out of your system. As for me, I consume a lot of audio. Mm Mm-hmm books and trash television don't sell yourself short yes trash television mm-hmm. as well yeah uh the books that i would normally read uh, i mean i really only get into parenting books i get deep into reference books that is yes because reference books are actually not that great to listen to most of the time i do reference books as well but usually in the form of like internet reference books like sure. i'm looking a word up or i'm but, looking up how something what the history is there was one book that i'm not actually i don't know did you read name of the wind what did you read in the name of the wind i'm the one that gave. i know did you listen to it or did you read it 
I think I read The Name of the Wind and I didn't read the sequel. Or okay, the, the so there's, and, and I'm not oh, going to recommend. Oh, this is so bad that we're recommending, we're even I'm not about going this. to recommend you People read this at all. People are going to be so all. angry, Leah. Okay, because I, I, I cannot, can't. this guy is like the BBC of authors. Oh, I'm Leia, so upset we, about this it. This is the one thing we said we I have to. Do. No, I have to bring it up because oh, it was the last no. book that Josh and I both no. read together and we loved it so much. It, it was, uh, it was I, supposed I, to be I, a trilogy. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's by Patrick Rothfuss. Patrick Rothfuss. If anybody knows that name, they're already thinking of themselves. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> he wrote two of the books in the trilogy. And they're amazing. Over a decade ago. The world building is fantastic. It's, it is. It's like Harry Potter for adults, I but would he's, say. But Harry Potter, even when he was young, is not inept. He's always skillful somehow. And the world building is much more... Uh, it's harsher mature yeah it's it's than harry potter it is it is an adult series book i would not recommend it no don't don't give this to kids but just imagine that harry potter like he he appreciates that he wants to learn this and he works his ass off to like earn his abilities and then uses them effectively and is not inept like that is this character yes Oh, it's so good, but and don't this, read it. This actually speaks to <laughs> how little we both read together, right, the, right, the right. content, yeah. because it was, what, uh, we read it seven years ago? This is before children. Yeah. No, not not before kids. I think so. Maybe? At least the first book, for sure. Just, and he hasn't written the third book. And we're... <laughs> Kill, it was so frustrating. I would. I, I was such a fan. I joined his uh, his fan page just to keep up with everything, and now uh, the fan page is just filled with people it's, upset. It's that like the, third the George R. 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 Martin there. of of this. He hasn't finished. Yeah. The Game of Thrones series. Yeah. And the last episode of Game of Thrones for for um for that whole series was not even written by him. No, no, the last season. Right, the last season. Season, not episode. The whole season of Game of Thrones. It was terrible, too. Terrible. Yeah. They killed it. Why do fantasy authors have such a hard time just finishing the book? I mean, they can't all be Jolkin, Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkien. (laughs) Busted out. Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkien. (laughs) Busted out with the the Lord of the Rings and then The Hobbit. Yeah, so. You know what? I believe The Cimmerillion is written by his son. Really? I think so. Somebody Amazing. will correct me. That I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, that's not my hill to die on. I'm not a J.R.R. guy that hard, but yeah. So John, those are the books that we read. That was the last book we read together. And again, I recommend you do not touch this book yeah. series. <laughs> uh, it, it, book series I like, I'm reading the, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up right now. I do love these. These are absolutely fantastic books. And by read, again, I am doing the audiobook thing. It is the core series by W.E.B. Griffin, and I am on Counterattack right now, which is the third book. I do have a link to Audible, so we'll drop the link to Audible for my affiliate code if you're interested in that. It's off of the Amazon A store, which is, you know, we'll also drop that as well for yeah. radio goods we like. But I absolutely love W.E.B. Griffin. I'm also, I've been listening to the uh, Warhammer 40K series for a very, very long time. Uh, the Horus Heresy in particular. I will not talk about that on this podcast. <laughs> that is super nerdy. Uh, mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. one of my favorite little nerd things that I'm super into. So, yeah. So there you go. 
books. Books are good. All right. Hope that answered your question in a very long way. We are failing at shoring <laughs> we're, up We're this. tightening it up. We're tightening yeah, it up. It's Liz. not getting we're shored up we're at all. We're tightening it up. <laughs> Thank you, you John, for the kind words. The we're next... like on email four. Yeah. <laughs> of 50 or how many there are. I don't know. The next email is titled Balut. Mm. Such a wonderful reminder of a payment that is due. And this is from Johan. Hi, Leah and Josh. First thing, congrats, Leah, on passing the exam. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. I just want to say thank you for pulling me back into ham radio. I got my ticket back in 2019 with my wife, but we haven't really been on the air until I started listening to your podcast last month. I started checking into morning nets during my commute. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's the best time to do it. When you're in your car is the best time to ham radio. (laughs) My wife tried Echolink on the phone and connected to repeaters in the Philippines. Good for you. We are still mic shy. I totally get that. I don't, but I understand how people have that problem. In fact, we're going to do a video. We're going to do a live stream where Hmm. we're going to talk about that. Great. I was a ham back in the 90s in the Philippines, and I'm still a bit mic shy. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully we'll get over it. You will, and I think all you need to do is just... Try a few times. I'll tell you exactly what you do. You script it out and you oh. want to focus on things that have nothing to do with yourself. You want to ask, how do I sound? How's my radio sound? Okay. And then you talk about the radio. You ho- you are holding this thing. You can literally mm-hmm. look at it and go, and then I'm using a Yesu FT60. How do I sound? Am I making the repeater okay? I am... 20 miles from the repeater i am using this antenna these are all factual things that you you just talk about the 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 factual stuff hams love that when you start getting into personal thoughts and all that that's a whole thing you don't even really have to bring into ham radio a lot of the time that comes later you can i don't know i I like the rag chews honestly you get to that though you build to that if you're starting out just just ask for a radio check build upon that we, we were doing that uh, i was driving home and there's a lot of local guys here in cerritos there are some big pretty really and they don't put out a lot of power they just have really good antenna systems and we were talking to somebody i think it was a, a father son and i think they were in like hawaiian gardens i was picking them up from a dondo beach which is over 20 miles away simplex wow no repeater simplex in i'm um, driving and the, the son was talking to me. I was like, man, you got a great signal. You know, what radio are you talking to me? They were talking to me on a Kenwood. And he said, hey, I'm hanging out with my dad. I'm normally, you know, I talk on the radio all the time. And he, and he goes, in fact, I don't, I, I, I talk a lot, but my favorite thing is, is Morse code. He's a Morse code operator. Oh. He's like, but what I'm trying to do is get my dad more used to talking on the air because he's a little mic shy. He's like, can I have my dad come on and you talk to him? And I was like, Absolutely. And so we'd bring his dad on, and I would just kind of walk the dad through explaining what the radio was that he was talking on. Because those are all finite, real things. Mm -hmm. So if you talk about finite, real things over the radio, your mind has less of a problem figuring out what they're going to say next. Interesting. You know, you just say, okay, I'm talking to you on a Kenwood. Okay. How much <laughs> is it power? true they're not making ham radios anymore? No, there was a, this was an old Kenwood. It was like an older Kenwood. Right, but I'm asking well, you, on, is we'll it true? Okay. So I would say things like, how much power are you putting out? 
What antenna are you talking to me on? How high is it up? Right? Things like that. Those are all real things. You know them because you put the antenna up. You know what the radio is. You can look at the radio and you can answer those questions immediately. People get a ton of value from that. That and that will help you a ton. Good so advice. We, so then to answer your question is Kenwood, uh, is Kenwood, what was, what was it? Is Kenwood not making ham radios anymore? So Kenwood got bit by the AKM factory fire, much like many other brands did as well. They did announce that some of their radios are going to be discontinued. And I believe, I don't have information to back this up. So this is, you know, allegedly, right? Rumors, rumors. Nobody come at me uh, over this. I think that in part that that has to do with the AKM fires. And they even said so in the the form uh, that the the notice that I showed on the live stream. That came from Kenwood. I I was showing that on the live stream. And it basically said that these radios kind of got taken out because they have no more stock of these AKM chips. And that includes the D72, which is a fantastic handheld. That that radio was, I would say, arguably close to its time where... um, this is this is a bit of a, a divergence. I, I apologize, dear podcast listener, but you'll like this. I, I appreciate you're, you're, it. You're going to apologize for diversions now? <laughs> but, but hear, hear, me, hear me out. You're going to like this information, I promise. Welcome to the podcast of apologies. So consider consider your phone, any phone, right? Your phone, do, do you all realize that a phone recoups its development costs within six months to a year of its development, if it's, of its um, sale? I, just I did said, not um. know that. Yeah, so it has a very short time span of when it was paid for by its sales. The development cost is recouped very quickly with cell phones. That's why they're on such a fast turnaround. They can keep churning them out because Mm -hmm. they're able to recoup their costs so quickly. Sure. One of the reasons why ham radios, HTs, mobiles, even base stations have the, the lifespan that they do is because it takes arguably on average five to six years for the development cost to be recouped before that radio is pure profit or wow. or arguably all gravy coming back in right if you've ever heard that term before so yes every sale makes money for the company that coming in but a lot of that money goes back to ref- pay for the development costs Interesting. so I, I don't think people appreciate that that, that ham radios, they take a lot of development, in some cases, more development than cell phones. Cell phones can use discrete commercial off-the-shelf products that they're using, right, to, to fill in for a certain number of things that the cell phone does. But for an amateur radio, we have not only the FCC requirements, but we are personally transmitting at much higher power than cell phones do, for instance, mm-hmm. right? So there's all kinds of little nuances there that require very well designed products and so the fact that it takes five years in some cases to recoup them is i think a really interesting bullet point that makes me respect the work that a lot of these companies are doing sure. bringing them out all the companies <clears throat> johan continues i think balut are duck eggs they are indeed they are they are Anyways, it needs to be the 18 days old, not the balut with just the yellow stuff. This is a very specific oh, thing. Oh, man. Wait, because you know you can buy balut specifically at different stages. I understand a lot about balut. You, do you really? I do. 
it needs to be a video too. <laughs> I would I will do a video. Okay, I'm going I'm going to describe something to you that I'm probably not going to do for you at all. Okay. But one of the ways they serve balut in Vietnam mm-hmm. is they take the balut and they remove um, the shell. Right. And then they batter it and deep fry it. Yeah, and that would be the most... It would be like a balut fritter. Right. We're not doing that. That's, no. That's not how you legit do this this payment. <laughs> yeah. And there will be a video. There There will be. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be delicious. It's it, just, I, I appreciate it's, that. It's I, like I a chicken soup and an egg. I, I don't disagree with you. I, I have a mental block around it. I, I can put the two and two things together. I like eggs. I like chicken. I don't know why there's a mental block here. The only thing I must ask you do is that we can't do it like at the podcast at like 10 at night. It has to be like sure a, a daytime thing like okay around a meal where i might be a little bit hungry or something yes you know like it, and the it kids can't will be, eat it too i'm sure that i'm sure ben will, yes ben will go nuts he'll he'll kill that thing again yeah i'm i'm gonna have to buy the pre-cooked balut from the local filipino restaurant though i think i'm sure we get really high quality balut here in Cerritos. I think so. With our Filipino community the way it is, I'm sure we do. We have the Filipino community and the Vietnamese community here. So We, we got balut on tap. Yep. Question one, Johan continues. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of the episodes, Josh mentioned that Leia can use HF, but Josh will have to be present. So she would put the kids to sleep. Did I hear right that a technician license operator can be on HF as long as a ham with a general or extra is present? Yes. You have to use that ham's license, though. You have to use... So if you if you are on the extra portion of 40 meters, the ham license that is in the room with you <coughs> that is acting like the control operator, you need to use their call sign. You are the third-party operator, the third-party traffic um, for that call sign. Now, again, we did talk about this. Technicians absolutely can do HF radio, but they have very, very tight frequency restrictions and mode restrictions. The only quote-unquote HF band that they can operate is 10 meters on voice. All the others, they're limited to Morse code, CW. Okay, I hope that answers your question, Johan. Johan continues, I just can't end this email without saying that Josh got fat. Lol, just kidding. Thanks. <laughs> he reacted to it more than the hate mail. <laughs> I, I mean, it's kind of a crazy thing to send somebody. It's true. I think it's just kind of wild. And I appreciate that the, the email did say, like, you don't have to read this right. live. And, and I, I was I do like, wanna, I'm going to do it live. I do want to clarify yeah, that. The original I, emailer no said feelings. to scan the email first sure. and decide whether or not to read it. I just, I didn't scan it and I just read it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. No hard feelings. But at the same time, it's kind of like, what a weird thing to send somebody, I think. I think it's almost, I think that's something that happens more common in male circles. Oh, for sure. Than female circles. You're looking a little fat. Yeah. yeah. I I don't think it's as offensive to men, I guess. I'm just so sensitive. (laughs) I'm just such a sensitive boy. 
I did have a manager tell me that one time, like many, many years ago. He's like, you're, um, he was a, a, a very polished Korean gentleman in his 50s. Very good looking Korean gentleman, manager. And he was like, and I think he even was touched Don? me. It was Don. I think he even touched me on my side. He's like, You've, I've noticed you put on a little weight. And I just looked at him like. Don the Hawaiian cookie magnate? Don the Hawaiian cookie magnate. Yeah, that's him. And I just looked at him like, why would you even say that? <laughs> like, why would you even say that? And what that? did he say? And he was like, I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. And he just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weird. It's just weird. It's just yeah. altogether weird. It's like, that's a. I, I, will, I say, will say that is not say. <laughs> an uncommon thing. Yeah in asian circles to mm. openly mm-hmm. say i i would i i would also say that i guess thank you for feeling comfortable enough that that That's you can true. you can you can feel that way let me let me turn this into a positive that you feel comfortable enough that you can bring that up i think that's great yeah i wouldn't be upset if it was like in in passing discussion or something like that in yeah. person, but to be like, here's my email, read it live on the podcast. <laughs> it's like, but okay. again, in that emailer's defense, mm-hmm. he didn't say to read it live. He did. He said he to didn't. scan yeah. and decide. And again, no hard feelings. And feeling. that is actually more my fault. That is. So, yeah, my all the blame bad. Ro- it's yeah. all on you. I'll it's take it. Radical, um, radical ownership. Radical owner. What, what is the it? Hell? There's a there's a Tony like Robbins totally term for oh Tony Robbins ra- like <sighs> radical accountability or extreme accountability or something. Just looking at that guy, you know he practices that twenty four. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that guy is intense. Johan says camping outside. <laughs> I mean, intense. I bet he, he would do that intensely. <laughs> He would, he would be camp intense. intense. <laughs> it would be intense, intense. <laughs> Thank you for the fun, entertaining, and informative podcast. Keep up the great work. It needs to be longer. <laughs> Maybe we email Tony Robbins with a merch idea. <laughs> Tony Robbins, hey, have you ever thought about you in a tent? And it says under the bottom, intense, intense. <laughs> As 73 and 88, Johan KN6, DZV. Thank you so much, Johan. We Thank really you, went on some tangents there. That was a lot. We're, we're five this, emails in. Yes. The next we're email up, is from Michael. It's titled Podcast. Leia, I am new to your and Josh's podcast. Welcome, well, Michael. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I am a... I admit that I am a bit overwhelmed by a two-hour podcast. Oh, I am Michael. Too. Oh, Michael. Only two hours, Mike. Wow. <laughs> Gone are the days of long commutes when I could listen to uh, listen at great leisure. Those are coming so, back, buddy. <laughs> in summary of the podcast, could you include a timestamp for each topic? That way I could go into the parts I want to hear. Thanks for your consideration. Sincerely, Michael, kk 4 RRT. Michael, I can try to do that. Leia is going at, at great pains to try and get close to. We're going to try and get as close as we can. I have to admit, all of that is work. We, we've said this before. It's all production work to do a lot of that. Timestamps are um, very time consuming. If anybody would like to provide timestamps, I'm happy to add them after, after the fact. The fact? Yeah. 
Uh, we do that on YouTube. That works very easy on YouTube. Podcasts. Though, I can. Little... I can try to do the timestamps. I'm trying to do, do them now. The on time, with podcasts, you cannot. You have to. You have to build it into the file. It's, oh, it's really? built into the upload. Yeah. You either produce it. Oh, Michael, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> we'll do our best, Michael. Yes. <laughs> I did my best. The next email is titled Skyline meets Bolognese. This is from Howard. Hi, guys. I was the one that said Skyline was a Mediterranean style chili. Now you know. Thank you credit for the yours. information, Howard. Take the credit. I remember this and I think Josh was very shocked. He was like, Mediterranean. <laughs> I still kind of am, to be honest. The the flavor profile after we tasted it, I, it just it's so fascinating how spices and it, it just all that stuff, like the, the way origin that, of spices, how spices moved around, and yep. the flavor profiles Spice that were trade. built is amazing. Also, such Dune, a an entire book built on it. <laughs> oh my god, that's another book series I absolutely love. Is Dune? I the I also, sleeper has awoken. I also want to tell you that I make a traditional bolognese with Marmite anchovies and chicken livers. Okay, Howard. We thought this was crazy. I have never heard of these ingredients yeah. before, but I am in. Yeah. All those flavors are Leia's flavors. Those are hardcore Leia's flavors. They're also Ben's flavors. Yeah. I mean, not so much the Marmite. I'm, I actually like Vegemite a little bit more than I like Marmite. But uh, This is where you and I yeah. disagree. I like Marmite more than Vegemite, but I don't like Hard chicken livers. I don't like chicken livers. Oh, I love Marmite. I love Marmite and Vegemite. I've always, I had no problem with it. But Ben loves anchovies and chicken livers. I, yeah. But it's all the umami. It's so much umami. So and some fun. I am going to make this recipe, Howard, and I'm going to tell you <laughs> later about how I like but it. But that is very aside from the Vegemite slash Marmite. That is very Mediterranean. But I need some profile. clarity. Mm-hmm. Is it the Marmite anchovies and chicken livers with no beef? Is that is I that think the you just meat? Throw that in. I think you just or is the, are those flavorings that supplement the meat? Uh, I will look up a recipe. I'll look it up. Howard continues, I often mix my leftover bolognese with a can or two of Skyline, and they make a glorious love child. What? What? There you go. There you go. What? That is so many days of pasta. (laughs) Hey, kids. Pasta pancakes with a (laughs) topping of Skyline bolognese. Uh, Bolognese. Howard signs off. I didn't get fat by accident. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know I have to try this recipe. Practice approach (laughs) towards weight gain. Thank you so much, Howard, for the information about the Mediterranean chili and the new recipe idea. Very good. Thank Thank you. you. The next email is titled. Love the podcast. And this Thank is you. from Ira. Hello, Leia. I really enjoy listening to the Leia Reads Emails podcast. <laughs> yep. Even when the peanut gallery chimes in. I think you're the peanut I gallery. Am. Well, oh, <laughs> I was about to say, wah, wah, but that's the adults. It's the adults that make the wah, 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 So you're saying I'm not an adult? <laughs> <laughs> Congrats on earning your ticket. Thank you, Ira. I will be taking my tests with Glarg online on the 25th, hoping to do a one and done. Well, good luck on your test, and I believe you can do it. Mm-hmm. Keep the podcast long and entertaining. 
Also, so did Josh enjoy his balut? Sometimes <laughs> oh, good, no. sometimes a bit too crunchy. Ira has had balut. You, you're going to join this amazing club <sighs> of people who have had balut. I, I Thank it. you for the email, Ira, and for the encouragement on the balut. Well done. Thanks. Okay, the next email is from Brian. It is a follow-up to his original Balut reminder. <laughs> he, the glorious man who reminded right, right. us of your obligation. Right. The email says, Leia, at the start of the Balut portion of the June 24th episode, is it about 3705? Just so you don't forget, Josh. You son of a... More importantly, will we see this on a live stream? Probably not a live stream. I mean, we but could. But a video. Well, if the kids are going to try it with you, I think it's... Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Jokes aside, thank you and Josh for all you do for the hobby. Thank you so much, Brian. Yeah, thank you. I was first licensed in 1992, I think, at the ripe old age of 15. Mm. Wow. My best friend's dad got us interested in radio a few years earlier, and when he got his ham radio license, he encouraged both of us to do the same. Ten years, three states, and eight towns later, I had forgotten to update my FCC information after the sixth address change and accidentally let my license lapse. Uh-oh. While disappointed at my oversight, my interests at the time had turned to scanning and something called ATCS and Meteorcom, railroad Whoa. signaling stuff in particular. Okay. The hassle of finding a ham fest with so VE sessions. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Is that a word that people use outside of Disneyland? Mm-hmm. Foamer? Oh, it, the Foamer existed before Disneyland. Well... I'm assuming a foamer is a fan of trains. Trains, specifically. Yeah. yeah. But like a super fan. Yes. Super fan. And if you didn't know, Josh's sister is actually a... Proper engineer. Steam engine engineer. On the uh, the Lily Bell. Well, all the trains at, at Disneyland. And she had to go through and actually get licensed for that, too, I think, right? Oh, no. She had yeah. a full training regimen that yeah. she had to go through. Yeah, it's legit. Brian continues, the hassle of finding a ham fest with VE sessions didn't seem worth it considering how little I had used it. Flash forward to the pandemic and suddenly I could do the whole thing from the comfort of my half bath while sitting on the toilet That's with it. my laptop. That's it. That is that is the ham radio testing room in our house as That's well. It. Yep. After repassing my technician, I figured why not just knock out the general, which I passed a month later. Congratulations. That's right. Had the pandemic not happened, I probably would have never bothered to renew, let alone upgrade my license. As it turns out, the hobby has changed a bit in my 15-ish year absence and hearing you guys occasionally discuss occasionally. That's right. <laughs> discuss amateur radio helps me in it keeps me interested to explore new things in the hobby. Keep up the great work. Lastly, Josh mentioned um, an HRCC net during the last podcast. Yes. Is there an HF net that you guys do? Yes. Yes. And that can actually be found at hrcc.link. That is the digital net. 
I think that they have information over the HFNet. The best way to follow what's going on with uh, the HFNet specifically is join the Discord. And there is a hashtag HF-Net channel. Right. And in there, it's always Friday, generally 6.30 Pacific Standard Time is when they kick it off. We have a couple of very big stations that run as net operator, but depending on their availability, because they're generally very busy, like one of them is Matt, mm-hmm. A6MQ. And um, so it will, see, I just did, and um, it, it can vary. It can vary a lot depending on who's going to be net operator. But we try to do something, even if it's like JSA call. We'll do like JSA call nets. Those are a lot of fun. There's also a ham nation net. Yeah, but that's outside of Ham Radio Crash Course. I don't have the information on hand for that. That usually happens on Wednesdays, though. Yeah, I I think I linked to it on uh, HamRadioCrashCourse.com. You might have. So if we do there have that, a, we'll post the we'll post the link in the in the podcast notes. And that is consistently on Wednesdays and after the live stream for Ham Nation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Brian signs off seventy three. N2SNF. P.S. I'd love to send you some Midwest beers from my area to try. What's the best way to send them your way? Uh, we've actually been getting in this question pretty often. We, in our show notes, have our, the address, but if you don't want to bother looking at the show notes, uh, where you send things is uh, P.O. Box 5101. Yes. Cerritos. That's C-E-R-R-I-T-O-S, California, 90703. And uh, just address it to Josh Ness. That's it. That's all you got to do. Thank you very much. thank you so much for the offer of Midwest beers, because I don't know that I've had any. But we'll try them. No, we did have beer in Minnesota. We did not get Midwest beers in Minnesota, though, I don't think. I think there was one, but I think it might have been a special PBR can. (laughs) Oh, it yeah, it was the oh yeah yeah yeah, it was for their uh, beer their beer crawl thing they do. Yes. It was the um, there is one. No, you're right. There is one. Hmm. I don't remember what it was called though. It wasn't PBR. But I got to tell you, Midwesterners love beer, so I'm assuming Midwestern beer is fantastic. No, this stuff was really good. And you're right. It was they had a Halloween can. Mm-hmm. It was a zombie walk, I think. It was the zombie walk. Grain and something? Grain something? I don't know. Oh, that's really... The main drink I remember from when we were in Minnesota was, was at that tiki bar. Massive punch bowl. That came in like a... It had a battery-powered pump. It was a fountain. A champagne bottle shoved into it. So if you are in the Minneapolis... Yeah, Minneapolis-St. Paul area of minnesota there was a tiki bar i'm hoping it's still there these are great i know you don't know the name of it so where are we going with this i thought i thought i I reprogrammed that already (laughs) that was the alexa doing it was the first time we had uh redneck sushi yes which is pickles with cream cheese wrapped in ham uh chip beef oh was it chip beef i think it was chip beef and I made that when we did a Trailer Park Boys marathon. <laughs> it was very good. It is a good We dish. loved it. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, thank you so much, Brian, for the offer. 
Yeah, we'll take and it. And for the email. Oh, what is that? Grain and something. I got to look that up. That was a good beer. That was actually a, a very good beer. I was I was really happy. They even, they were so welcoming. They got like, the, the event was over because we got there like late not, it was. It was October, I think. But that doesn't make sense for the Halloween thing because then they'd already have it. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was October, but there was already snow on the ground. Snow in October. I, I think. How do uh, you grow anything out there if you've got snow up into, I would say, March? Okay. And then you have snow again in October. That's crazy frost time. Okay. Brain Belt. It's Grain Belt. Grain, Grain Belt, Belt. Is, Grain Belt is the name of the beer, and it was called Brain Belt Zombie Pub Crawl. That was I. We that did was some it. Google we food that out. I had to work that we out. But it. yeah, the, the Grain Belt beer. You did it. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Grain Belt Brewery. There it is. Yeah, Grain Belt, the friendly beer. Well, thank you, Brian, for good sending stuff. us down the memory lane of Midwest love. Yeah. <laughs> the worst experience flying on a plane in my entire life. We got laid over for, we were in airports for 24 hours. Yeah, it was And horrible. no hotel. Yeah. Just yeah. sleep there. Yep. You filthy animal. Because of snow. Freak snow in Denver. In Denver in October. Like, you don't think you can figure this out? Come on, I don't Denver. Know. I don't know, Denver airport. Shouldn't you be used to snow? Yeah, a bit. <laughs> so uh, the next email is from Billy, and this is titled, Thank You. Hi, guys. I just want to say a quick thank you to you both for your tire- tireless efforts in the ham radio community. Thank you so much. Thank you. I just, I do so much for this. You do. <laughs> Never you. ending. Giving. Never <laughs> you. ending. You, I mean... I'm, I'm like the peanut uh, gallery. Yeah. <laughs> also, thanks. As I type my slides for the yeah. Saturday live stream <laughs> that starts two to three days before the live stream and also produce the videos that I have to upload and edit the podcast. But hey, who's who's, who's counting? He, Billy is thanking you. Oh, okay. he's thanking me. He's thanking me. Thank you, Billy. Uh, also, thanks for inspiring me on my ham journey as I passed my technician last weekend. As a treat for myself, I couldn't help but order the Resonate Radiate Propagate t-shirt. Yes. 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 I feel like I'm losing. <laughs> I don't know. I really what game you're I did not I did not think that shirt would sell. I literally thought I was designing a shirt just for you to wear. It is. It's which just is for fine. me. Which is hilarious. Which is fine. Every time I wear it, I laugh. Every time I put it on, I chuckle to myself. There are some times you take it off and you put it directly in the washer so that you can wear it again the next day. That's right. Because it just brings you so much joy. Yeah, it cracks me up. Because it's so true. (laughs) Resonate, radiate, propagate. That is literally the equation. It's not at all confusing to people who see the shirt. No. They're going to see that and they're going to think... Ham radio operator. Ham radio operator. For sure. (laughs) Billy continues, I've already started on the general test studies. Well, congratulations on passing your technician. Congrats. Thank you for the shirt order and good luck on your general. I am going to study along with you, albeit much slower than you. Please get your general before I do. (laughs) Please. Thanks again, 73 Billy KJ7 WRO. 
WRO. Very good. Thank you. The next email is from Russ, who uh, we have already discussed on the podcast earlier. Yes, sir. For Vermont goodies and uh, his cousin's wonderful winery. This email is titled Hatch Green Fruit. Mm-hmm. Hello, Leah and Josh. First off, thank you for the high praise from the care package. You're welcome, Russ. Thank you. Thank you for the care package. Love the podcast, as you already know. I just finished listening to the latest podcast on my drive home, and I heard you mention the Hatch Green Chili. Hatch is the town in which the famous chili heralds from. Where is Hatch? Well, it's north of Las Cruces, New Mexico, and adjacent to Spaceport, USA. Mm. The science says that the flavor of Hatch chili is due to the minerality of the soils in the area. Mm. New Mexico has the best chili in general. Input the chili hate mail. (laughs) (laughs) It is the best to have the chili on everything. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. How do I know this when I live in Vermont? Well, my call sign is from New Mexico and Five Land. I can't get anything good in the chili, Chile, chili world from New England. I can't imagine. And the soil leaves a lot to be desired. So no Chile in Vermont. No. Anyway, be safe and look to listen next time. 73 Russ KC5 CNT. Thank you, Russ. That actually clears up a lot of our Thank you. hatch chili confusion. Yeah, and I like the look you gave when you were uh, reading that at me. That was very oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I will say you have been to Las Cruces. I have. And I asked you to bring me something back. And I brought you a sweater. Yes. And it had the name of something that was mentioned on that email. Spaceport. Yep. You also brought me a hatch chili candle. Which I did. Was very nice. It, it is how powerful. I imagine New Mexico smells. <laughs> <laughs> it it not all the time, but some of the time. Okay, all right. Thank you, Russ. The next email is from Jeffrey. Oh, it says not for air. Okay, it is related. See, is, thank it you, is, Jeffrey. Yes, <laughs> for putting that out right on Front Street. It is related to seeds, though, which. If you haven't started your seeds and you're not getting your garden ready, get it ready. <laughs> right now. This is... Do, listen to the podcast while you're getting your seeds started. So here's the thing. Their preparedness actually does take partners, right? There are certain things that one partner is going to be better at than others. Mm-hmm. For me, the gardening, the food preps, things like that, that yeah. makes sense. For me... The irrigation systems. <laughs> no, I'm saying for prepping. Mm-hmm. But a gardening is definitely a skill that you need. Uh, I think canning is another skill. Um, cooking, obviously. Yeah, sure. But a, a large part is, I think everybody's getting a little worried about the state of the dollar. Yeah. Right? And... If that's the case, then growing your food is one way to kind of reclaim one of your biggest expenses. Yeah, I would also put out there, if you're really worried about that, then um, maybe throw a little bit more money and, and get some propane tanks. Propane doesn't really age. Mm-hmm. And propane has obvious value 
for cooking foods and all the other stuff that you might need that kind of heat for. You know, you, you can get a camp stove and you can uh, get a, a hose that will adapt to a proper barbecue propane tank, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Get a couple of those and then you will be less reliant on the grid system or anything like that. The next email is titled Morse Code Merch Idea. And this is from Ryan. Hi, Leia. Since it doesn't get any more old school than Morse code, and since Samuel Morse himself is the OG, I humbly submit this merch idea. There's an attached picture. Thanks to you and Josh for your dedication. Sincerely, Ryan, KD2SOQ. And it is a picture of three long uh, dashes over uh, a picture of Samuel Morse. Mm Mm-hmm. And then two dashes and a dot under. What does it mean? OG? OG. It's OG. That's a cool idea, Ryan. Mm-hmm. If we make that shirt, you will get one. There's a meme that says, like, Samuel Morse was considered very dashing in his day. And it's a picture of him, like, yeah, <laughs> <or> radio, <laughs> which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. The next email is titled Lamp, and it's from Craig Shipley. And it is a meme picture. It says, it will get better. It always does. Don't worry, Lamp. We'll get through this together. And the picture is of a girl holding a lamp. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because we are children of the lamp. That is why. Not me. Yes. (laughs) The collective we. What What does that mean? We, as in Ham Radio Crash Course members that are Team Lamp. Oh, get Those of us that. who love light oh, get and want here. to be illuminated. I love RF. Give me the RF. <laughs> Turn your lamps off so I can get that sweet, sweet RF. Thank you, Craig. I really love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may get a shirt made out of that. The next uh, email is titled More Sunspots, and this is from William. Yes. Leia and Josh. Hang on to your hats. This is a long one. Okay. As you are well aware, the year 2000 offered up much to generate fear and dread for the general public. First, concern for the Y2K computer bug promoted uncertainty for the integrity and durability of our global infrastructure, Mm -hmm. such as cell phones, electronic banking, and air traffic control. Man, I don't want to go on a tangent here, but keep going, This level of alarm was again cited when the dire predictions were raised anticipating that the solar maximum for cycle 23 predicted to occur in the mid 2000s would trigger power blackouts and disruption of communication networks (laughs) right scientists from nasa Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, Alabama, attempted to assuage these fears and to avoid worldwide panic with press releases stating that the 2000 solar maximum will be slightly less spectacular than sunspots peak in 1978 and 1989, and that all Although those maxima caused occasional problems with satellites and power blackouts, there may be nothing to worry about. Yeah. This was to assuage fears. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> quick, get the engineer that made these slides to brief this package. And you're like, dog, is he ready for this? Of course, such scientists. And yes, was- satellites were in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was not that big a deal. You're like, 
What? I wasn't even thinking about the satellites. <laughs> I was worried about my microwave this whole time. <laughs> of course, such scientist speak was ineffective yeah, in deterring exactly. apprehension. Yeah, yeah, so people panicked. Then to make matters worse, a colossal coronal mass ejection event Those are occurred bigger problems. on March 19th, yeah. 2000, recognizing that this CME ignited planetary trepidation to incendiary levels. Ooh. NASA scientists knew that they would need to employ creative and extraordinary measures to regain control of the intercontinental psyche. An ingenious idea proved to be the fountainhead for one of the most unusual and singular episodes in NASA archives. Rapid deployment of this innovative plan designed to support universal sangfroid. Did I say that? Schottenfreud? Schottenfreude? It's spelled S-A-N-G-F-R-O-I-D. Okay. I thought schadenfreude was spelled. Yeah, it's not spelled the same. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And international composure in the face of adversity and danger led to an unconventional NASA press release on April 8th, 2000, presented in allegory form on the popular television news channel, Saturday Night Live. Excellent. (laughs) The lead NASA scientist, Christopher Walken... (laughs) Starred as a music composer, the Bruce Dickinson. Oh my God! I know know where this is going, right? Scripted by NASA Director of Space Technology Will Ferrell. The message was packaged as an episode of the VH1 series behind the music, honoring the performers of Blue Oyster Cult Cult, and their apropos hit single, Don't Don't Fear Fear the the Reaper. Reaper. Rather than incorporate dreaded sunspots into the actual PSA, a more tolerable symbol of sunspots was substituted. The cowbell. The cowbell. Of course, the cowbell was modulated by NASA Director Farrell. Overzealous striking of the cowbell, suggesting that (laughs) sunspots are really nothing to fear, was strongly encouraged by NASA scientists walking during the production, leading to the often repeated catchphrases, a little more cowbell. Gotta have more cowbell. I got a fever. I've I've gotta have more cowbell. And guess what? I've got a fever. (laughs) The only prescription is more cowbell. Bell. That's right. Man knows this, his uh, his his, <laughs> you his literally, NASA publications. You literally have a more cowbell T-shirt. I do. Yeah. <laughs> this lighthearted, humorous depiction by symbol, not by symbol with a C. Mm-hmm. That's considered a percussion instrument. Of sunspots in action reassured people so much more than the presentation of actual scientific facts ever could. Our sun experiences roughly 11-year cycles of magnetic activity reversal with areas of strong activity manifesting as sunspots. More recently, we entered solar cycle 25 during February 2019 and expect one of the strongest solar maximums in recent decades to occur approximately four years from now. Yes. To honor the NASA public service announcement of April 8th 2000 and to continue the climate of complacency i propose a hrcc t-shirt with a drumstick striking the sun to generate magnetic activity and more sunspots yes okay (laughs) an attached diagram and so it is a almost like a nasa 
I'm going logo, in a different direction. I, I, I'm visualizing this in my head. More sunspots. HRCC is what it says. And this is from William AG5ZN in Dallas, Texas. I, I pictured like a Christopher Walken holding the sun and then banging. <laughs> no, it would be Will Ferrell. No, I, I appreciate that. But yes, you could go either way with this. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is good. This is good. Josh really likes this idea. I do. Thank you so much, William. If we make this shirt... You will get one. When I was an IT guy in high school, because that's what I did my last two years in high school. I, I was a student, but I only worked till like noon. And then I was on the clock getting paid in my school to fix computers. Yes. And I would I would go into the typing, uh, one of the typing labs. And there was this great teacher there, Mr. Yuyamatsu. And he had this uh, jacket on. And I looked at him one day and I said, hey, the blue, the blue oyster cult called. They want their jacket. <laughs> Did he know what you were talking about? Oh, of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> he laughed so hard. Okay. Thank you, William. The next email is titled T-shirt idea. And this is from Thomas. Good afternoon, Leah and Josh. I would love to buy a T-shirt that has the words and image, Skyline Chili, oval image, official chili of ham radio, HRCC. <laughs> The Skyline Chili logo I think we need to be sponsored is... by Skyline if we're going to start doing uh, <laughs> the official chili of, of ham radio. It's... I think we need some kind of sponsor. I think we need it one to two cases so that we can store them. Yeah. <laughs> and open them sci- once a year. <laughs> a science experiment of Skyline Chili. They won't last that long, though. So it's actually going to have to be more than that because like, the children loved it. They yes. really did. Yeah. It's true. That's that's high praise. Where we're both the parents and the children like it. Right, because sometimes we're just suffering through things they like, right. or they are simply, or they not, simply will eating not eating yeah, yeah. what they we like. They will not touch what yeah. we like. <laughs> well, Although actually, Ben, ben started, is fine. Ben is fine. Ben started putting hot sauce on his noodles. He puts hot sauce on everything now. We got him. We got him a bottle. You know, we, we have a collection of hot sauce. Tapatio sh- or Cholula. No, I think he's using Yucateca. No, no. He's using the wood-capped bottle, which I think is Cholula. Okay. Yeah. You were so proud. I'm disappointed, for a son. <laughs> son. I am disappointed. <laughs> I am disappointed. I thought he was going for the habanero Yucateca. <laughs> or is it El Yucateca? How do you pronounce that? I think it's El Yucatan. El- oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the Skyline Chili logo is probably copyrighted. May need permission or just may just need a lot of Baofengs to solve this. And the words are around the oval. 73 thomas ad6 tw thomas uh we are already working on a skyline chili shirt and it also has been suggested so we're gonna work on this i am fairly certain that i cannot use the phrase skyline chili (laughs) fairly certain (laughs) yes but uh i would i would argue that the those folks in the cincinnati area might know someone they can talk to to see if we can work something out. <laughs> we'll let you handle it. Yeah. We'll workshop this with the with the with the community. Yes. Cincinnati. Would you like more skyline chili content? <laughs> Man, we are such fans of Skyline Chili. Now. Yeah. It, it didn't even start out that way. I was like begrudgingly like humoring the emails that we're getting and then I ate it and I'm like, oh God. I understand you guys it. are so right, and I now I have to now. go to Ohio. Uh, I mean, that's you were ha- already going yeah, to Ohio. I mean, come on, that's Hamvention. Like now, yeah. you have to go. 
You I, have to go now. I must also go to Hamvention. Yeah, you have to go saying. to Hamvention now. What do we do with the children? Do the children go. also go to Hamvention? Yeah, of course. Why not? Have you heard of that new airline that is flying everywhere out of LAX for only $19 each way? No. It's, I, I Everywhere? They have two airports they go to in Utah. They go to Huntsville. I don't know how far they go. Not every. What does that mean? You said everywhere. What does that I mean? I mean, everywhere that they all they have roots is only nineteen dollars right wow, now. Wow, what a great ad campaign! We go everywhere. <laughs> we go. Yes. <coughs> but I just found well, out you about got it. You, you, that was straight madman. What you came they up with? <laughs> that was somebody called Don Draper. We got a wheel of bar in here. Take a nap on a couch. <laughs> 15 just, minutes of work i gotta sleep this off <laughs> they just opened it this month okay. the airline okay and i think they might be flying boeing 737 of course so, of course they are i'm just telling you so you, all i heard was that they go to utah so this is like the lds like uh no they airline? go to other places okay. but i'm saying 19 dollars a leg is very I- cheap uh, yeah, have you heard of Spirit Airlines? They're not nineteen dollars either, and that's already pretty low bar. I don't think you should knock it until somebody tries it. <laughs> There's not even seats in the aircraft. You have to stand up holding a rod the whole time. I think they just opened on. Oh, I think they might not be open yet. I think they opened April nineteenth, which is why the fares are nineteen dollars. Oh, okay. Could this so be it's the a most amazing gig? Is what you're just yeah yeah oh, okay okay that's not the final price. I I can't imagine you're making money as an airline. No, just hanging off of a plane <laughs> for nineteen dollars. Well, you get a big belt. It wraps around the fuselage. Can you say fuselage? You're just sitting on on the ground with a seatbelt strap. No, you're strapped to the side of the plane. You got to hug it. That's not a good use of space. You could fit so many people by going all the way across. This is <laughs> just you know. That's what I'm saying. Get rid of the seats. Seat sitting is stupid. That's how people. Then everybody get stands. Blood clots. Everybody, everybody stands. stands. Yeah, yeah. Can't right. get deep vein thrombosis if you're standing. Yeah, and I mean. Sitting is the new cigarettes, so really. Right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Thomas. This is like air zenial. Yeah. The next email is titled T-shirt idea, and this is from Ian. Hi, Leia. I just watched the video on RF exposure that Josh did with the vertical and mag loop. It made me think of a potential bad t-shirt idea. I know Josh will not be a fan, but we can have a laugh. At the top, HRCC, safety first. Then a picture of a vertical with a little tin foil thing stuck to the side. <laughs> Apparently, he didn't watch the whole video because... And then at the bottom, prevent unwanted RF emissions. Wrap your wiener in tin foil. Not <laughs> in bad. In parentheses, hats. <laughs> not bad, uh, but... The whole video has a open to the air wiener. Okay. <laughs> or no matter the wavelength of your band, wrap your wiener. Mm. Josh prefers tin foil. Okay. I don't hate any of these. I don't know why you thought I would hate that. Again, I'll show myself out. <laughs> Thank you. Hang up on yourself. K 
keep up the great work and thank you for letting Josh hang out on your podcast, Ian. I, I would love to hang out on a podcast. You know how often, like, when I would get asked to be on podcasts and they're like, yeah, just come out on the podcast. Do you have to do anything? No, just like hang out, just like talk. And I'm like, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> yeah, there's no podcast you have ever been on that it was just you coming to hang out. Absolutely. Are you kidding? I bet, like, last year there was probably, like, seven podcasts I was on. Oh, I'm thinking about you going out to a podcast where you travel no, to but just being on... So, I don't know if you know this. You don't have to be <laughs> in the studio for a podcast. Amazing. So, I was on, like, seven podcasts last year. Wow. And, obviously, we did the in-person podcast with uh, Mike, with Fieldcraft. Mm-hmm. And Modern Rogue. And Modern Rogue, but I don't think that was that year, 2020. Hmm. I think Modern Rogue was 2019. I believe it. Mm. The next email is from Michael again. Uh, A topic for Josh or for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Leia, as I study for my general, I would love to learn more about low-cost, low-power HF HTs and their antennas. How about a comparison? Being on a fixed income means that I will first be going the low-cost route. Mm -hmm. 73, Michael, KK4RRT. This is something that I have mentioned to you multiple Mm -hmm. times. Yes. That I think that you should really focus in on things that are way more affordable or DIY because the average person may want to be able to do a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? And the price on a lot of these things makes it near inaccessible. Sure. Or or you can pick like one Right? And, you know, and some then people that, that limits have, all the other things. Some people have wives they actually listen to when their wives say, don't spend more than this amount of money. Yeah, you ever heard of like on... a concept that something is so alien to someone <laughs> that they, they can't even perceive it as like their own spoken language when they hear it? Like if you insist on continuing to buy ham radios, mm-hmm. which this is not me condoning it. Mm-hmm. This is me saying that yes you already checked out if you (laughs) if you insist on continuing down this path Mm -hmm. please spend less money please i don't even know what that looks like i don't even know what that is well you're gonna find out (laughs) so the the honest answer is get yourself a baofeng uv5r program it use it get comfortable with it own it like use it but that's not hf I am hearing that, but I'm saying to get started in that space, right? Like if you're if you're starting out as a as a technician or whatever, I'm 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 covering many people with this with this uh, tangent I'm going on. It it doesn't matter that you have like the the sweetest best radio whatever. It, it matters how well you like own it, use it, can can run it without looking in a manual, that kind of thing. Like that's and what how, people should strive to. And how to. well it kind of whichever system how well it works where you live right sure so then now you dip into the hf stuff we we just did a video right we i did a live stream last week where we did a live review of two radios the shegu g90 450 dollars is arguably the price point but i would argue you, sp- That's you still spend. very expensive but there's there, there's nowhere cheaper unless you want to go pure morse code 
You can get a micro bid X, but that's a kit. You got to assemble it, right? Mm-hmm. So these are these are the realities of this. And, and I, I would like to I would like to point out. Take almost any other hobby, traditional hobby that people are interested in, four hundred and fifty dollars as an entry point, which entry point at the HF space. The technician space, the entry level is a lot easier to get started in that space. But technician level, general level, right? Usually general. You're a little bit deeper in. You've already kind of committed to being a part of the community. You like the hobby, that kind of thing. $400 isn't that bad for a Shegu G90. Okay. Now, <laughs> the next step, and arguably the step that I try and push people towards, is, is get the ICOM 7300 because... I still use the ICOM 7300. I love that radio. It is the benchmark radio. You don't have to trust me. Uh, KE0OG, right? Dave Kassler on YouTube loves that radio. He treats that as the benchmark radio of comparing it to all other radios. Sometimes hobbies aren't cheap. And it's particularly tough right now because the used market is seeing a surge in prices with the shortage of hammer new prices don't really go down for you stuff to be honest there are used radios that sold at thirteen hundred dollars at the high point their retail value their used value is over fifteen hundred dollars right now wow okay so we we do live in a world where again going back to the five-year mark for a lot of these radios there's not a lot of them out there mm-hmm. there there really isn't a lot of amateur radios out there so if you're going to places like youtube and qrz and all that stuff to find used radios you're going to be paying peak used market prices the best thing you can do if you want to save money in that space join a club join a club Make friends with people. And I mean that. Like, make friends with people. Don't just be like, hey, I'm, I'm here for the used radios. Make friends with people. Get involved with the community because undoubtedly there are people that are a part of that community, that local community, that have inexpensive HF radios that they're not using. Because, you know, hams collect stuff. Sure. It, even if it's an older radio from the 80s and 90s, it's still going to work. It's still going to work on HF. You're still going to have fun. So I, I, would, I would look towards that like appreciate that this is a hobby where being engaged with other people is extremely beneficial particularly if you want to get into the hf space great hope that answers your question michael and i'm I'm sure josh will talk about it again sometime (laughs) i mean i do have the the one thousand dollar shack video it's still out there it's still just as good as when i made it over a year ago Fair enough. And that includes antennas and power supplies. It's not just yeah, a $1,000 radio. Excellent. The next title is, uh, the next email is titled HRCC. Did you say the next antenna? No. When, oh, I'm just thinking about antennas? Yes. What did you say? The I next? said the next title. Oh, the next title. I'm sorry. Okay. The next email is titled HRCC single-handedly jacking up the price of Skylight Chili. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now this... I'm in. I'm excited. Uh, This is from Gregory. Since you were raving about how awesome Skyline Chili was, I would give it a try. 
looked on Amazon and unlike your $5 a can, it's easily double that price. What today? I looked today and it's $9.41 for a 10.5 ounce can of chili. I can't do that. No, I totally understand. Uh, did you? I would recommend not looking on Amazon. I think I ended up buying through Walmart.com instead because I think they actually carry Skyline Chili and they just ship from where they have it. If I had that kind of power, that would be hilarious. I don't you, think I no, do. Absolutely. <laughs> the The single cans on Amazon are expensive. That's one of the reasons I didn't end up buying it okay. from Amazon. I can't do that. And I need to get at and least two cans for that. me, my wife and my daughter. So I searched out a copycat recipe. Instead of spending eighteen eighty two for two cans of chili, I bought the ingredients in the recipe for $25. Well done. And then you have the recipe forever. <laughs> That's, that is literally... That was spaving. The <laughs> that was spaving. That was the, the epitome of spaving. Why is every hobby like this? It's you spend every, more money. Every maker hobby, except for maybe woodworking, no, where you're making get, furniture. Get out of here. That is spaving for days. Are you kidding me? Are it, you kidding me? It, Let me tell 18, you about buying a lathe. Okay. <laughs> uh, that This is a very common thing for crochet. Um, people who crochet blankets, yeah. you could buy a blanket for $10. You, you tell me there's no women that go to could. Joanne's Fabrics that are not spaving. Yes. If I just bought all this fabric, all this yarn mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right now, because right. it's fifteen percent off. It's always fifty percent off. If I just bought this right now, then I don't have to buy for two years. <laughs> You're telling me they're not spaving? Okay. Everybody's spaving. They just don't know it. I hate to say it. Greg continues, but I have to side with Josh. It's so annoying when a YouTuber doesn't reply to comments. These are folks that are trying to make a living on making videos respond to the comments. People went out of their way to watch what you made. The least you could do is read and respond to the comments. Yeah, I'll take that in another level. I'm not living off of YouTube and I still reply to y'all. <laughs> no but seriously you I don't do it reply I, to every comment I, of course not yeah of course that's not. i mean that's yeah a lot of now I, I i will remind everybody that at a certain point i had to turn off notifications for like new subscribers new comments and stuff sure. like that because my phone was exploding all the time but i do go in there multiple times a day and reply to people and i do try to help people when yes. i can but it's hard to catch everything of course yeah. i can't yeah. and and that's not that's not me saying you're not worthy of replying or anything like that. It's just, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. I think you're doing your best. I did my best. <laughs> I did my best. Greg continues. It's funny. My wife's name is Karen. Until a couple of weeks ago, she had no idea that was a whole Get Karen out of here. meme thing. Get out of here. There's no way. There's no way. I believe it. I believe what? it because there are still videos I see of somebody calling another woman a Karen. Yeah. And then the woman will respond, Karen's not my name. My name is blah, blah. So there is definitely <laughs> an entire population that has no idea what the Karen meme is about. 
And that's okay. Because you know what? I do know very nice Karen. I know. Yeah. We know nice We Karens. just know I'm the sorry actual to all the Karen. nice Karens that it's, this has yes, happened to you. It's true. Because you are good people. You don't deserve that this is happening to you. It's true. It's kind of schadenfreude a little bit. But. <laughs> <laughs> you got to blame the bad Karens for what's happening. You got to. Right, right. Yeah. Blame the bad Karens. There's like, a shirt idea. Blame the bad Karens <laughs> for what happened here. Okay, now for the elephant in the room. 127 minutes. What can I possibly do with a 127 minute podcast? I think back to the Ham Nation episode. 296 minutes. Now that's a podcast I can get behind. But since you seem hell bent on shoring up the podcast, <laughs> I'm gonna have to figure out how to lengthen the podcast. Maybe I'll send you chapters of War and Peace to read on the air. We're I'll mull it over that. and maybe I'll figure out how to get this back to an acceptable length. Greg and three GDS. I don't know what this Thank podcast you, is going to end up at. We added a segment, and these emails keep coming, and I don't even know. And we're we're diverging like crazy. It's true. We're having I, such a great time. I am, but I mean, honestly, I, I will say we obviously do this for the ham radio community. Yes, but this is the few times I get to just sit down and talk with my wife. I know I, that sounds really cheesy. But it's yeah. true. Like our weeks, our, our days are so busy. For at length where we're sitting down. Like, and talk. Yeah. Like the way we used to. Yes. Before children. Before. <laughs> you know, like before seriously, children. I hate to say that. but BC. But like it is so true. Like this is us. The way we used to be, Leia. You remember how we used to be? We are. You remember that? This is current day. We are still that. <laughs> on a podcast like i gotta mic everybody up and, and got headphones on do you remember how we could just like hang out in the backyard and just talk for hours sometimes the sun came up because we drank too much <laughs> that's what this is that's very much what this yes, reminds welcome me of. to our kitchen table <laughs> yeah it, it really is it, it really is it, this is a conversation it is i'm really talking to leia okay but thank you for your emails too i yes. appreciate that <laughs> Thank you, Greg. And the next email, Josh is so happy. Right I am. I'm super happy. You. I'm glowing. I'm glowing. Uh, you are. Uh, question for Josh. Uh, and this is from Jim. Hi, HRCC team. I have a question that I haven't been able to get a good answer to. I have an overland-ish vehicle that I would like to have two different two-meter radios installed in. Okay. One would be a Yesu FTM 400 for APRS and to monitor 146.52. Okay. And the second radio would be the main talking radio. My question okay. is, would having two two-meter antennas within... 10 feet of each other cause a problem or damage to the radios with them being so close to each other are they going to pick up too much power if 10 feet is fine is there a distance that would cause problems uh this is a good question yes the the radios will interfere with each other um there are a couple of ways to go about this. There's a vertical tier that you can consider as well. So if you are considering, so I don't know what your vehicle is, but let's assume that it's in, an enclosed cab vehicle. So you may have an antenna. On, let's call it a Jeep. So let's say you have an antenna on the roof of the Jeep. On the rear right side of the vehicle, you have an antenna set up. Or maybe the, the rear left side, something like that. 
if you were to then put another antenna on the hood on the lower level, right? There's a level difference between the hood and the roof, and you kept them close to the same, you know, a length where the lower one is not dipping too high up into the second uh, the second tier. That will actually help you out a lot. I tested that uh, with my Xterra. I have a roof rack on the Xterra, and I had an antenna on the roof rack, and then I had another antenna that was technically, like physically below the roof rack. One was for chirping out APRS, and the other one was for talking, you know, mm -hmm. on repeaters and all that stuff. And that actually helped a ton. You will pick up things like uh, an APRS beacon transmit, stuff like that will will do some stuff to the radio. That That is inevitable. It really depends on what frequencies you're operating. If you are on 70 centimeters for talk around, then it will not affect your your two meter or vice versa. You will not have any problems with that. That's why most of the radios will do crossband repeat using VHF, UHF, and they will not interfere with each other. So, uh, yeah, th there's a couple of options. Adjust your antennas appropriately for the ranges that you want to talk on. Use the commensurate power. If you don't need to use high power on your, your simplex radio, because again, you're just receiving, you don't need to necessarily transmit. And if your APRS packets are getting out, then maybe dial back the FTM 400 a little bit and it will not interfere as much with your talking radio as you referred to it. So what is the distance? There, there isn't necessarily a distance. You know, 10 feet is going to be better than two feet, right? Of course, they're going to affect each other just because they're on the same band. <clears throat> I don't think you can really get around that a, a ton, but the more space that you, you add in there is, is going to be better. And okay. also the, the vertical spaces can help. Okay. Thank you for the great content each week. I'm glad that Josh has put all the radios and antennas I have sent him to good use. I hope this well, has you. kept him from having to buy them himself. Feel free to keep them as long as you want. And if you need any more, I can ship them to the nearest HRO for pickup. Hashtag Team Josh. Wait, who is this? Uh, Jim Stanley. What? Did I get antennas from him? Now I'm confused. I, I'm not sure. Jim, I am not sure I'm following. If you sent me antennas, uh, which ones? I, I don't know. I apologize if I don't remember. This is <clears throat> Jim Stanley N3JES. N3JES. Okay. All right. Well, P.S. Leah, congratulations on getting your license and thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Jim. You bring so much to the show each week and it has been fun following the journey. It's nice to have someone with a high level of intelligence add perspective and ask great questions as they learn new information. Even though I'm officially Team Josh, I appreciate all you add and share with the HRC community. Hashtag Team Leia close second. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. Jim, I, I apologize. If you sent me a, an antenna and I didn't, acknowledge that i apologize i don't think i got any mobile antennas recently so if you send me something like that i really apologize because i know we were just talking about mobile so but email me you can hit me up at hoshnasi at gmail.com if i if i miss something i, I apologize okay sorry in advance jim <laughs> <laughs> sorry jim 
<laughs> the next email is titled Merch Idea, and this is from Don. Have a big moon with radio waves going to and from an operator with the words, my EME brings the ladies to my yard. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that's shirt. a shirt that, that yes. makes itself. Like, yes. The fact we don't have that. I mean. Thank you, Don. <laughs> if we make the shirt. Which Don was that? Uh, Hutchraft. Okay. If we make the shirt, you're getting one. The next Email is titled, came for a study group, stayed for the hacky sack, a cautionary movie <laughs> metaphor montage. Oh, okay. And this is from a different Don. Uh, Don Army. We got the Don yeah. Army. Dear podcast listener, care of Josh and Leah, suspend your disbelief and place yourself at the mercy of the ham radio crash course. If you do, you're going to realize, just like I did, the difference between knowing the path and walking the path. Ooh. In search of virtual help navigating this strange and intimidating landscape of amateur radio, I was relieved and reinvigorated when I found the Ham Radio Crash Course. Finally, I thought, a well-produced podcast that will guide me on a well-blazed path to the summit of Ham Radio competence and operation. Boy, was I wrong. I was more wrong than a naive freshman taken in by an upperclassman tutor who said, right on, brah, my friends and I are going to study together after we're done with this hacky sack circle. Want to join us? Mm -hmm. Fast forward through two weeks of missing class because I'm binge listening to past episodes of this podcast to the exclusion of all else. And what do I have to show for it? Just when my frustration was beginning to boil over, I had a Daniel LaRusso epiphany. I've been learning about science, study, and practice of amateur radio this whole time. Countless emails and tangents that I thought were a waste of my time have actually built the mental muscles and drilled into my mind the vocabulary I was lacking when I first cracked open an ARRL study guide. Like Thomas A. Anderson, I have taken the red pill and fallen down the rabbit hole of <laughs> Leia's correspondence corner with all its unexpected t-shirt twists and tangential turns to find that this podcast has imbued me with a previously imbued. unattainable Wonderful. comprehension to get me moving down the path towards the license and future of ham radio. And that my confusion and apprehension has been placed with awe and enthusiasm. I cannot commend Josh and Leah enough for all they're doing, both to promote amateur radio and to share their lives and great examples as spouses and community members with the world. Nor would I advocate any change to the content or structure of this podcast. It has been invaluable to me getting oriented to the world of amateur radio. It may not have been exactly what I was looking for or what I thought I had found, but it has turned out to be exactly what I needed. Oh, wow. wow. That Wow. Sincerely, Don Aspiring Ham. That's amazing. That I am so moved. And, and what he, a wordsmith. He figured out the big trick. The big trick isn't us sitting down and just firing off facts at you. It's never been about that. It, it hasn't been that about that for me, for sure. <laughs> it is just having a discussion. It's just talking. That's the big trick. That's always been the big trick. The big trick of the live streams, the big trick. And, and I try to cram information in the live streams. But all the things that I try to do is not make it this 
sterile learning experience. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a discussion. Yes. And yes, this has less ham radio content. But even the things that aren't even completely ham radio are still dialed into science or fun or whatever that is adjacent to the conversation. And that's, you know, that that's good enough for me. Again, because I'm not here to talk to my wife. You're all just you're all just riding along in this journey, and it's all. Let, this, me, let me tell you more about ham radio, Leia. It's it's all this it's all this 4D chess that I've been playing that everybody's just catching up on. Not really. I'm not I'm not serious when I say that. It, it's really just about having fun, and that's that's how it should be. I think. Well, thank you, Don, for thank the you, Don, amazing the email. email. Beautiful. Well said. Two, two wordsmiths but I'm, I'm that dying, we've had so I'm, far. I'm dying because I can't remember the movie that is the, it's the difference between knowing the path and walking the path. Uh, that is was, it kung fu related? No, no, I don't <laughs> think it is. Oh, it's The Matrix. I think it's The Matrix. Yeah, it's The Matrix. I think it's The Matrix. Oh, man, that was going to bother me. Well, he also mentioned The Red Pill. So, oh, he did. He did. Yeah. yeah he so gave you plenty it of is the Matrix. Yeah. It was Morpheus. Or no, it, I think it was the Oracle that said that. Either way, great movie, great email. Well done. Thank you, sir. Thank you. The next email is titled, Won My First Giveaway. And this is from KCG. I haven't sent out emails to everybody yet, so I apologize. Or radios or antennas or the whole thing. Yes. I've, I've been very busy. I apologize. You are. You are. Uh, this is to Joa. That is our combined name. Joa. Joa. <laughs> That's great, Leah. That's great. I just reached a great milestone in my life today. Forget about graduating college, a good career, marriage, two wonderful daughters, and a roof over my head. Nah, forget all that. I won the first giveaway of my life, a Chameleon MCOM 2. Yes, you did, Casey. Congratulations. Now to wait for it. Thanks. So thank you so much. <laughs> I watched the live stream on Saturday, G90 versus the meme and fully accepted another failed giveaway. Welp, I just found out I was dead wrong when I heard my name on the podcast today. <laughs> oh, very good. You well won done. the antenna on the podcast. That's perfect. That's that's exactly what we want. Somebody that, that won on the podcast to email us. That's perfect. Thank yes. You. This is wonderful timing since I'll be sitting for my general on April 24th and I'm like, currently deciding on an hf rig definitely want to do portable ops but that 7300 is quite appealing i want all of the radios yeah yes but the money correct i know i jumped ahead of you emailing me later leah but i wanted to compose this message with these fresh and these thoughts fresh in my mind as always thanks for everything you both do regards kcg Congratulations, Casey. Thank you for emailing. I am so glad that uh, the antenna is going to somebody who literally is going to use it. Like, I mean, that's going to be their antenna. Hopefully that's awesome. And the 7300 will tune that up like a like a charm. I know you didn't get the 7300, but uh, (laughs) the 7300 will tune that antenna up. No problem. Okay, the next email is titled, I Touch Peeps with RF, and this is from Nick. (laughs) Okay. I think you can see where this is headed. Marshmallow Peeps. I envision the HRC logo where ET is. It is a picture of ET and uh, the kid's hand. I'm familiar with ET, Touching with a ham radio 
Um, a baofeng, like it's E.T.'s ba- hand, but it's yes. a baofeng, hold, a hand holding a baofeng. Yes. You touch the antenna. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I see it in the mind's eye. I got it. I touch people with RF somewhere else on the on the image. <laughs> not not like I touch people. What? <laughs> the somewhere what? else is not a part of the quote. Show me on the doll where the <laughs> RF touched you. Love the podcast. No more shoring it up. <laughs> wow. We have hit this spot of people saying it's too long. Team or shore too up. Short. Yeah. I'm a tech studying for my general, so I look forward to hearing Josh guide you on those rough questions. And well. they are rough. Well, hey. They were so last week we didn't even do that segment do because it. we forgot. We, we and were so I, you know, and I might have remembered, but decided I was <laughs> I was not gonna remind yes. him. <laughs> you go along. We, well we did the contest. We the did the giveaway. I that's mean, fair. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad to have found an inclusive community that's willing to teach an old dog new tricks, and I appreciate Josh creating it. Keep up the great content. Y'all are awesome. Thank you. That's from Nick. KJ7NWK. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. And Nick is longtime email correspondent of the show. Of and the Tower of Correspondence. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. The next email is titled Correction to the Podcast. And this is Here from Radar. Go. Good morning, Leah. Oh, it's from Radar. Yeah, is that somebody you know? No, I mean oh. Radar from MASH. <laughs> radar from MASH. Oh, yeah, no. You didn't watch MASH, did you? MASH, did I you? did watch MASH. You did Ma- watch, watch, I- watch, 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 watch MASH? Watch Mash. <laughs> you remember Radar, though. I mean, right? I don't remember anything from MASH. Oh, okay. But I you were that it. age. We yes. were that age. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good morning, Leah. I've been listening uh, to your podcast lately and always enjoy the commentary. I was listening to the new HF privileges for tech class and I found an error. You stated that the Boy Scouts of America was changed to the Scouts of America. This is incorrect. The Boy Scouts program was changed to Scouts BSA, but the organization is still the Boy Scouts of America. Believe me, I understand the confusion. I am a scouter and summer camp staff for my local camp, and I've had many people ask me what it is called now. Mm-hmm. Keep up the great work. Radar KN4THP Ham Radio Operations, Cuyahoga County Aries Operator. Okay. Thank you, Radar. That is a good correction, actually. I wasn't aware that it was still the Boy Scouts of America. Well, BSA is Boy Scouts of America. Sure. But I thought it was changed to Scouts of America, which is incorrect. Thank you. Okay. The next email is titled, Can't Look Away. And this is from Lou. Hey, Leah and Josh. Okay. I just wanted to say hi now that I'm no longer grounded from listening to you. I kept oh, telling the one. interesting <laughs> story. All in there. Please don't bury the lead. Yeah. I kept telling the wife that it was just a ham radio podcast, but every time she'd come in the room, you guys were talking about drinking beer, muffs, and hoes. <laughs> so she thought I was listening to Smut or a gangsta podcast or something. That's us. Just from kidding. The streets. We're from the streets. <laughs> I'm definitely from the streets. <laughs> gangsta. <laughs> A couple quick comments and thoughts. I knew that Josh's call sign looked like a standard issue two by three, but always thought it somehow was a play on your last name on purpose. Nope. Nash slash Nas. Quite 
the coincidence then, I guess. Anyway, I heard a reference to Wizard of Nas on one of the episodes and thought that was awesome. I envisioned your dog pulling back the curtain to reveal a wide-eyed Josh sitting there wearing a headset with both hands feverishly working the controls on a radio making contacts. Or my stream deck. Pay no attention to the ham behind the curtain. That's actually a good idea. That's a really good idea. That might be a funny meme josh's green floating head between two giant balls of fire in the wizard of nas not sure it would sell t-shirts though it's true and really complicated to make like with somebody <laughs> behind the curtain and then the thing that they're projecting on the screen the wizard of nas though is a really good idea we should probably use that you really love it i do I, okay. and i actually forgot that i should put that into the show notes <laughs> or show ideas My serious five question page continual uh, show, show ideas, show ideas. <laughs> serious question what is your take on updating your radio's firmware are you religious about checking for updates and uploading them not really worried about it do it when you think about it and have time it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do and can be a bit intimidating but it makes sense having the latest firmware from the manufacturer so i was curious about what your thoughts were great question this is a really good question I am very much of the if I have the time, uh, then I will then I will do it, and I will base that on what the actual firmware adds. If the firmware doesn't do much, that I will say, "Wow, this is a great, this is a great update." Then sometimes I would actually venture that the risk is higher than the reward because there are some radios that if you flash the firmware wrong, you will brick it. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. A lot of the G90 updates, the G90 takes two firmware upgrades. The Yaesu radios, they have like two firmware flashes that you have to, you have to do like two rounds of flashes to flash them appropriately. And I argue that a lot of the time it's sometimes really not worth the effort. The 705, the ICOMs, you just put the software, like you literally download the flash file, put it on the CF card put it into the radio and then just go into the menu system and do firmware update and it will pull it and and it'll update it firmware updates on the icom radios is really really straightforward and really easy and the upgrades that they just came out with the 705 and the 7300 absolutely worth the effort so do that if you do have those radios but oftentimes i don't really see a big value of it i really will balance it out on a couple of things. Again, if I have the time to do it, that's paramount. If the upgrade is appreciable, and also sometimes it's because I'm going to do a video on it. So I'll do an update to get the feature out of it that I can make the video on. If those things all don't happen, I still have a really good radio that works really effectively in the same way that I've had it before the same way that I like, and I'll just keep using it the way that I liked it before. So I don't, I don't think you should feel obligated to upgrade the, upgrade the firmware if you were, you know, not in the space to be able to make that happen at, at any one moment. So that that's my thoughts on that. Okay. Also, I'm curious if and what Yesu's response to the IC705 game changer might be someday. Ooh. We live in exciting radio times for sure. I hoed a long row road of money trees <laughs> in the backyard, hoping for them to yield me some green so I can start being able to afford some of this stuff. 
Josh, I always thought it was road two. I'm a city boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am too. I'll admit that. Well, let, let's do a, a thought experiment. The Yesu 817 was a benchmark radio, an amazing radio. I heard Randy say yesterday on Ham Nation that they sold over a half million of those things. Is that a lot? That is a lot for ham radio, for sure. And the update that they had from the 817 to the 818 was a little flat. I will say that it was it was a half step. It wasn't a full upgrade. It was like partially on the way to a full upgrade. It got an extra watt output. They added a TXXO, which or TCXO, or something along those lines. Basically, a, an accurate time source, time clock. It 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 didn't feel like a big step. I would not be surprised, and so this is just pure speculation on my part. I would not be surprised if Yesu is working on something like a 705. I I th- I think if if we look at Yesu, and I don't say I don't believe they're behind the curve. I don't I'm not really saying that. They still have I think arguably some of the better handhelds on the market. The FD3DR being the example, right, and some of their other radios that I, I think a lot of people look to them for handhelds. But in the portable space, the 817 really kind of held the market for a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if they introduced something uh, within the next two years that is going to be a competitor to the 705. I would not be surprised at all. Okay. Anyway, I'll wrap this mess up. I'm watching this week's Ham Nation as I type this. You're muted, Roland. Lol. Which is enjoyable, but can be a bit technical at times. So I hope you realize how important and appreciated your format on HRCC is for brand new hams. And for those of us who aren't brand new, but just don't have the technical expertise some people in the hobby have. And about the podcast, I can see how an outsider might think it's a train wreck when they stumble upon it, what they believe is going to be a ham radio content. See below, there's an image he attached. But long or short, it's perfect for those of us that get it. I would say that hams in general are curious and social people who not only enjoy radio, but also thrive on learning and talking about everything else in the world around us. It's a great characteristic to have especially given the current climate in politics and our society. Stay safe and healthy, 73 Lou, K8LAD. So Lou has attached a image and it is of a train wreck. And the crossing sign with the flashing lights is Ham Radio Crash Course <laughs> podcast. And it, there is a guy who is under the lifting arm, the um you know, the arm that stops I'm people familiar. from crossing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is landing on top of a guy <laughs> who is holding a bow fang. <laughs> Jeez, that's involved. Was that he then drew it? Uh, it is a collage of borrowed images from the internet from me to you. <laughs> Such okay. a gift, Lou. Thank, thank you, you Lou. so much. And thank you for those great questions and for the email. And the kind words. Thank you. The next email is titled T-Shirt Idea from William again. This is an homage to the RF engineers at Devo. And the image is uh, of uh, propagation. And then right under it, it's the HRCC logo with a Devo hat. And it it says, skip it good. (laughs) Okay. So thank you, William, uh, AJ5ZN in Dallas. 
Uh, if we make the shirt, you will get one. I don't know that we can use some of that, but... The Devo hat? Is I that trademark? I don't know. Maybe. The little pyramid step pyramid thing? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they sell the hat. What does that mean? Yeah, I don't it's know. It's not ours to sell. It's You're saying not we can start hat. selling Devo hats? No, but it with would the HRCC be an image, logo on it? It would be an image of the... I get it, Leah. Okay. I, I get it. So the next email is titled T-shirt idea and podcast topic. This is a follow-up from Benjamin. Following up on my last email, I passed a the A follow-up tech- to a follow-up. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I passed... No, it's just one follow-up. Oh, okay. Yeah. I passed my tech in general. Only missed two on the general. Good I was for you. so surprised and excited. Man, I am excited for you. Two? Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. Good for you. Good for you. I was going to test locally, but my wife and I tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, Oh, well, I hope you're feeling well. Hopefully asymptomatic. Uh, So I emailed Chris, W-H-O-W-O-T, and Mm -hmm. he set me up to test uh, this morning, finished by noon, and had my call signed by two. Dang. Can't wait for the first contact. Congrats. That's... That is a testament to Chris, too, because he he does a test and he turns it mm-hmm. all around and he turns does. it in yep. like immediately. Chris is very methodical with his approach and he is killing it out there. So definitely hit up W-A-W-O-T.us. Thanks, guys. 73 Ben K-O-4-P-L-J. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ben. Last email. And this is from oh, Nathan. Nathan is consistent. Consistent. <laughs> consistently our last email correspondent so that's that's funny now people are going to start holding their emails until the last moment and then sending them in that's going to be funny there's a whole game to play that's some gamesmanship well what if you don't make the cutoff then you'll be the first first. yeah and they're like you screwed up something This is uh, from Nathan. So I think this will probably be your last email. Oh, see, he knows. See, he knows. He knows. He's doing it on purpose. Don't forget the general class questions. Look at that. Look at the Chad right here. That's reminding us to follow our format. Don't screw around. I heard a very knowledgeable guy has written some books that explain the answers to your questions. I think you may have one of his books. Mm-hmm. His books helped me pass. That is Gordo. That is Gordo. <laughs> Maybe instead of the random test questions, you could take three to five questions in the book that explains the answers and Josh could expand on it. That way you could get the wisdom of Gordo and also learn some. You could work your way through the book, not sure how you would get work with copywriting it but hey it's an idea (laughs) i know you said once you studied the tech book you basically had it it may also help josh know the muff from the luff just saying it's been a number of years since josh did the general exam don't stay up too late k1 maz thank you so much it's worse than that because i actually do pull up that chart like often that was the problem with that one is it was like literally something I use often, but I never really pull up the luff. Usually use the maximum usable frequency. Mm-hmm. Generally, I try to I try to capitalize on the maximum usable frequency between two spaces. So I don't really factor in the lowest usable frequency, mm-hmm. although I guess you should. And it's commensurate to the to the discussion. So, OK. All right. That was it. Well. That means Leia's Correspondence Tower is over. 
It is time to learn with Leia. Oh, is that what it's called? Learn with Leia. This is your show notes. You okay. <laughs> as she talks about what she did with her technician license this week and follow along as she studies for her general license exam. So I finally programmed my radio with You Chirp. did hint at that. Yep. And yep. it was so easy. Mm-hmm. But there were a few things that Josh had to help me with. Yes. Do you remember what those were? Yeah. Uh, picking the port. Mm-hmm. And the and the appropriate cable. And I made the the same mistake where I didn't fully uh, insert the cable till it clicked. You did, yeah. yeah. You you literally did the thing that that many people get stuck with. You have to shove that connector in to the radio until it stops. Right. Yeah. And back in the day, not not in a gentle way. No. Either. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and back in the day, I know I'm saying back in the day, that sounds kind of odd with uh, with Baofengs, but back in like 2015, I actually took my connector and took out a razor blade and shaved the connector down like where it connects to the Baofeng just so that it would be, it, it wouldn't get caught up hmm. because it actually, the connector was a little bit too wide for the, the physical connection on the Baofeng. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but you also helped me with programming a few things because when we set up Chirp, mm-hmm. it was, uh, you gave me some shortcuts on how to easily program everything and then some different settings to change on weather stations and things like that. Yeah. So there was a couple of things we did. We we pulled from the, the standard query set of NOAA frequencies and mm-hmm. then we added that to your skip list so it's a part of your memories but they get skipped by the scanning function and you, you do that with the drop down menu on the very the, far right hand side yes. you want to do that because nothing is worse than scanning the radio looking for actual people talking and it wraps around, starts over to the weather frequencies, and stops when it finds the, re- the the weather channel. Because the weather channel is always transmitting. Right. So if you're within weather frequency, it's always going to stop. So you want to add that to your skip list. You can go to weather when you want to and listen to it. You know, that that's something you can totally do. But if not, add it to the list, skip them. And then some of the first responder frequencies also we added to the skip list and we also walked through how to actually load frequencies in because the that window that pops up with the with the repeaters you have to use those whole toggles for like one and five and ten mm-hmm. and one hundred and it's a bit it, it's not intuitive I would argue uh, I think what did you think when you did it uh no not intuitive at all no yeah 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 so then. I scanned for repeaters mm-hmm. and landed on one where uh, a guy was basically admitting to uh, <laughs> to DWI. Yes, he had a DUI, and then another guy that he was rag chewing with was saying how his ex evaded a DUI despite absolutely having been driving under the influence and she crashed her car Mm. uh i thought that was i'm not going to discuss how he did that here i we're not we're not the cat uh, cups (laughs) cat cups 
but it got a discussion started on the uh, the Facebook group, the HRCC Facebook group about the craziest things people have yeah. heard on ham radio. And a lot of the stories were actually about uh, when men used to use ham radio kind of like phones. Mm-hmm. Where they would like phone patch into right. an actual phone to call like their wives, like I'm coming home, like all that stuff. Right. And many a men were talking to many their mistresses. Oh, also no. Oh, no. After having called their wives, basically calling home to their wives, saying that they were going to be working late and then calling their mistress. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is not doing that right. Yeah. <laughs> so. If you're in the Ham Radio Crush Course Facebook group, I highly recommend you go and check out this uh, really great thread that everybody was sharing pretty interesting experiences on. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's my technician life this week. Okay, so then we're rolling right into general license prep. All right, I'm going to blow through these questions really fast because I'm not getting any of them right. Nope. This is question seven. What is the appropriate junction threshold voltage of a germanium diode? First, what's a germanium diode and what's a junction threshold voltage? (laughs) Okay. Um, You expect me to know this? I was drinking uh, the the back patio cellar (laughs) Sanchovese. I'm going to go. Well, you haven't said the, the answers yet. Oh, that's right. A, 0.3 volts. B, 1.0 volts. C, 0.7 volts. Or D, 0.1 volt. I am going to go with 0.1 volt. And that's wrong because it's 0.3 volts. And that all of that's meaningless to me because I don't know what any of those things are. Okay. Are, are you going to explain it? No. What's a germanium <laughs> diode? Well, germanium is a mineral. So it's a diode that is based in germanium. What is the junction threshold voltage? I don't know. You are not a good (laughs) study. How do I do a podcast with Gordo? (laughs) You should. You should get Gordo out here. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend like I remember all of this stuff. Sounds like somebody's got to go read Gordo's. uh, So hear me out on this. So. Everybody who took the general test, like, do you play around with germanium diodes? Like, do you use that on the regular? Do you remember what the voltage is? For most of this stuff, I will look up the voltages. Okay. I will look it up when I need it, and then that's when I use it. Like, and I'm not going to commit that to memory necessarily. Okay. Which HF antenna would be the best to use for minimizing interface? Mm. A, an isotropic antenna. B, an omnidirectional antenna. C, a quarter wave vertical antenna. D, a directional antenna. I'm going to go with D, a directional antenna. Good. Because that makes sense. So the the question was interface, though. Interference. Interference, okay. Yeah, minimizing interference. So why is that? Do you know why? Because everything else does a loop-de-loop kind of thing everything else is close to omnidirectional mm-hmm. meaning that they're going to pull in signals from everywhere all around mm-hmm. the what was the last one yagi directional. directional antenna directional antennas are going to have nulls to the side in the rear or they're going to at least 
reduce signals on the side in the rear so that you can point them in the direction that you want to hear the signals from. So that's why that's true. Great. What is the output PEP uh, from a transmitter if an oscilloscope measures 500 volts peak to peak across a 50 ohm resistive load connected to the transmitter output? I swear to God, this is just like gibberish to me right now. Um, the, the PEP, I take that back. I should not swear to God. That's very rude of me. Yeah. The, the PEP is peak envelope power. Okay. It's not PEP then? You actually it say is. PEP. I mean, that's an acronym. That's an acronym. Okay. The first option is A, 5,000 watts, B, 625 watts, C, 8.75 watts, or D, 2,500 watts. Uh it's 500 volts peak to peak across a 50 ohm resistive load connected to the transmitter output. I am going to guess 2,500 watts. That's totally wrong because it's 625 watts. There which... is an equation there. I am not prepared to give you said equation. But yeah, it, it's basically factoring in the resistive load and the envelope peak to peak. This is a terrible study session. Yeah. You have well, explained hey. nothing. No. Well, I did. I talked about the directional antenna. <laughs> that was the one I already got right. <laughs> yeah. well, that's true. That's, well, you got me on that one. You're right. Which of the following statements is true about PSK 31? Oh, this one I've got. A, uppercase letters are sent with more power. B, error <laughs> correction is used to ensure accurate message reception. C, higher power is needed as compared to RIDI for similar error rates. D, uppercase letters use longer varicode bit sequences, thus slow down transmission. I'm going to go with B, error correction is used to ensure accurate mess. What? Is it D? It's D, uppercase yeah. letters use longer varicode bit sequences and thus slow down transmission. Yes, yeah, so you use lowercase on PSK31. Oh my God, I hate this. But I really so love the capital letters <laughs> transmits more power. And I'm screaming at you now. I needed more power. That cracks me up. Which of the following is required when participating in a contest on HF frequencies? A, all of these choices are correct. B, send a QSL cards to the station's <laughs> work or the QSL via logbook of the world. C, identify your station per normal FCC regulations. D, submit a log to the contest sponsor. C, identify your station per normal FCC regulations. Very good. Look at that. Two of whatever, Three? however many. You I, did five. Okay. Well, there we are. Yeah, so I, I will I will say that there is maths, you know, to, to shout out to our UK uh, listeners. There is maths that you have to consider. There are equations that are in general that you don't have in, in technician. And obviously, you're kind of going in blind on a lot of these. Oh, my God. And I definitely don't remember all the equations. I will admit that. Josh, I'm going to need you to study for this. Okay? Yeah, apparently, apparently. <laughs> I mean, we did that when we did the uh, the live stream for the general test. I had the equations, and I walked through a lot of them with people. Uh, but I'm not doing that with the podcast necessarily. That that mm. just seems like a lot of time to also do the podcast. That's true. It seems like a lot. So I don't know. I think this you is back on you. You could just do it for me. I think this is back on you a bit. I think you should 
crack open some of those uh, Gordon West manuals you have and oh, look no. at the equation. Oh, no. I only have the technician. <laughs> I've got the general. No, that's okay. <laughs> I, I appreciate that I'm supposed to be like the sagely advice person, but there, there's no. I just think up. you don't actually care whether or not I get my job. Oh, you're such a jerk. <laughs> That's not, of course, right at all. The reality is, is that there's just some things I'm not going to remember. They're, they're, like, that's kind of crazy to assume. And this a little bit goes into my thoughts on the on the licensing test that all this stuff like exists in books like i own these books like i own the way to get to this information sure if i need this information i can get this information so to wall someone off from hf frequencies specifically from their ability to remember this particular equation is kind of a little okay eh, a little fair thing. enough what do you fair think enough. yeah Huh, I think I should be able to use HF right now. <laughs> right meow. Right meow. Okay. All right, show topic time. So show topic time. I want to talk about hot dog cooking to electric boogaloo. Wow. Leah, what did you think when I was doing the whole hot dog thing in the backyard? I thought that it was actually going to cook the hot dogs mm -hmm. because I remember you getting a burn from when you did the paperclip episode. Yes. And I think the actual problem with your experiment is that you were trying to use what are very well engineered antennas already. You needed to use something <laughs> that you antenna. well you needed to use something that mm -hmm. was probably home brewed with that is not engineered to prevent loss. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's got to be everything that you used out there is a, a like a kit or a pre-built um antenna mm -hmm. that really shouldn't have uh, shouldn't be burning anything. Well, that's not true. I mean, you can still get a skin burn if you touch a resonating antenna. If it, if it's a resonant antenna and you touch it, you're still going to get a skin burn. Like it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, How then, well then the issue is that is you didn't not. have it stabbed through the middle. I did. I did that with I, the nail. I only saw you. No, I took a nail and I shoved it all the way up through the middle of the hot dog. That nail was connected to the radial line, the ground line, basically. And I mm. rubbed it all over the, the surface of the antenna on 10 know. meters. I think you should probably take a skewer like mm -hmm. a barbecue skewer mm -hmm. stick it through the middle of a hot dog and oh. turn that skewer into an antenna oh like right up through the middle yeah well okay so we're we're hypothesizing now all this stuff so there, there's a there's obviously science that goes behind all this and i and i will note right up front that the uh, MythBusters they actually did a myth on this okay they used naval microwave radios and they put a turkey right in front of this microwave radio and they just belted it with microwave uh, rf radiation didn't cook anything sure so the the reality of all this is a couple of things that the, the wavelengths that we're operating in are important so when i set out i started with 20 meters and obviously in the latter half of the video, I ended up at 10 meters. That's still pretty low frequencies, all things considered. 
depending on the thing that you want to cook, as it were. Even when I was testing for, you know, the the um, the biting, you know, the, the mm-hmm. RF burns, all that stuff, that's all kind of relative because it's kind of hard to measure that, even though it was on a hot dog. And, and if it did get a proper, like a good burn, a good sear, that would, that would show up, that would be visible on the hot dog. But... Even at that, even with that said, the frequencies that I'm operating at is still pretty low, considerably. So why I called this hot dog cooking two? This is a multiple video series that I have. You're planned. just never gonna stop making these videos mm-hmm. until you cook. There are so many hot dogs in this house. There is more cooking that's gonna happen. <laughs> more ways of cooking the whole nine yards to make this to make this work so right off the bat many people like nailed oh yeah this is way too low frequency to be able to make this work or or let's supplement that a bit you got to put way more power into the hot dog to like make it cook right that was the other thing because i was only using 100 watts which 100 watts is not that big a deal. If you think about the microwave at home, you microwave, remember the microwave before you got rid of it? 1100 to 1500 watts, I think. Right, of microwave, which is 2.4 gigahertz or higher, right, for microwave. So already I'm kind of at a losing battle. There's not much I'm going to see. If The difference was instead of it being three minutes in the microwave i was doing it for five hours but if you factor in just the thermal mass of a hot dog even though it's not like that much that much thermal mass was preventing it from actually cooking maybe bit. you should try little smokies instead maybe little smokies that's not a bad idea a little cocktail Ooh, the wings. korean market has those little uh korobuda those are korobuda pork sausages mm, that are those are good cocktail size yeah those are really good too so the next step is going to be uh two bands that we're gonna we're gonna play with we're gonna do six meters and 70 centimeters oh my god how many of these experiments are you gonna do until we cook that hot dog <sighs> so six meters one of the reasons we're doing six meters is when you look at the RF exposure charts, 50 megahertz and 430 plus megahertz is when you start getting into the realm of like damaging humans. But I do need to caveat some of this. The reason why some of these radio frequencies are damaging to humans is for the damage that they can potentially do to your eyes. Hmm. The, the reason for that is your eyes actually don't have a lot of blood vessels in them when your body gets hit with rf the reason why they don't really you don't really get a lot of damage from it is because you have a a higher thermal mass in the rest of your body but your body also has blood vessels connected to it which take heat away from kind of a radiator type of um, you know approach your eyes though having very less blood vessels can be highly susceptible to RF radiation. So if you get in front of a microwave dish and you get blasted in the eyes with it, you could you could go blind given enough time, right? It could, it could happen. So 50, 50 megahertz and 70 centimeters, 430 plus megahertz. That's what we'll be doing with next. 
And then obviously if we're not able to cook the hot dog at that point, then we're talking about getting up into the higher frequencies, which okay. is something we'll be doing with possibly a guest on the Ham Radio Crash Course to make that happen. Is is the guest Oscar Meyer? Oscar Meyer? <laughs> like in the wiener truck? <laughs> Maybe. Who's the guest? Well, I can't tell you. I can't tell you right now. This is the podcast before it happens. We're talking like two videos down right now. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. So that's something to think about. Well, if you have any suggestions on how to cook a hot dog with RF, mm-hmm. go ahead and Now you're just going to get so many emails. Me up on <laughs> com. Make sure, though, that you, you appreciate what, what's going into all this. Is Yes, the HF would probably do it if I cranked enough power into it. But there's probably more efficient ways to get to that same effect, right, With if, as we move higher up the frequency chain, which is where I want to be. I want to get a little bit higher up. Obviously, if I get into, like, really high-frequency microwaves... I'm not going to be putting out 1,100 watts, 1,400 watts microwave power. Right. That's crazy high. So what does that mean? Uh, how do we how do we cook a hot dog with actual amateur radio power outputs, uh, you know, effective amateur radio power outputs? So, yeah, that will be uh, in the future. All great questions. So something to think about. And, yeah, we'd, we'd love your emails and comments, and we, we appreciate you watching the show. I am actually really humbled by the number of people who download the podcast and email in because yeah. it's, it's amazing. I, I mean, the that's what kind of keeps us going, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Uh, aside from the fact that I'm doing this to talk to you. Okay. But yeah, everybody else coming along, that is an absolutely <laughs> amazing thing. So yeah, thank you all for listening to the podcast. You know, you're making me feel like all of the other conversations I have, I'm having by myself. No, <laughs> I'm there too. Don't be weird about this. I'm right here. I'm just like, again, I tricked you into getting your license from making a podcast. And I've been tricking you the whole time to just talk to me on, you know, a podcast. Like before we had kids. Okay. <laughs> Except for we talk about the kids on the podcast, so well, you know, I I can't, I can't do anything about that. I, I wish I could separate that, but I, I can't. I appreciate that. I know my limitations. Well, thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it, and the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot. It really does. We really do appreciate it, and uh, we're having a lot of fun making it. We'll keep doing it. I'll keep talking to my wife about ham radio and <laughs> whatever else comes up. But yeah, we, we, we do love the feedback. So if you do hit up hit us up on the iTunes or you know drop us an email, it is appreciated. Until we talk to you again, 73. 73.